Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. TheAuroraLawFirm.com, all right? Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, PodcastTheBS.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com fall is right around the corner and the leaves will begin to well fall nobody likes the hassle of cleaning out those gutters that's where inspect all pest services comes in they do gutter cleaning gutter toppers to keep those gutters clean year-round and full gutter replacement in addition to gutters they also do pressure washing to keep your house and driveway looking brand new Inspect all pest services. Call them today. 770-483-2420. 770-483-2420. Mention the BS. Receive 10% off your gutter or pressure washing needs. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. (laughs) And by God, this is the BS. Ah, there it is. Episode 108 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissor Studio, brought to us by Gorenstein and Watkins, trial litigation attorneys. So if you're looking for somebody to help you out with uh, landlord-tenant disputes, contracts, transactions, wrongful death, personal injury. These are the guys. Gorenstein and Watkins teaming up. GWtrial.com. GWtrial.com. Or you can call them at 470-491-0808. 470-491-0808. Nader Tater Vader, the masturbator, not in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, but right here. In Roswell, Georgia, in the Golden Scissor Studio. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? <laughs> Hi. Hey, y'all. <laughs> you remember that girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I liked her. So sweet. Yeah. She was a little she was a little spark plug, wasn't she? Yeah. What's worse, sleeping with your, your daddy's <laughs> brother or yeah. sleeping with your boyfriend's buddy? No. <laughs> or no, something like that. No, no, no. She slept. Uh, it was actually kind of a sexy story. She slept with her boyfriend's uncle. 
Yeah, but then there was another <laughs> one that she did, and that's why she was asking us one, which one is worse. Oh, that's right. And the she, other one was like, I thought it was like her boyfriend's dad or something like that. Yeah, it was. It was kind of sexy though. Like, like really? You, she she didn't she she enjoyed. She slept with a couple guy. Like one in particular that I know of was a married guy that worked at the radio station. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. At least that's what I heard. I mean, I don't know if they're. That's, it's all hearsay. It's all hearsay. You never get speculation. You never get to know the truth. It's all hearsay. Who knows? And then remember when she got engaged, and I looked at the ring, and I said, "That's not real." Yeah, uh, and like it ended the engagement or something. <laughs> well, we uh, we had D Geller come in and test it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, this is not even cubic zirconia. It was like glass." Yeah, it's glass. I told her, I was like, "That's not real." She goes, "Oh my god, it's real. It's been passed down from generation." I said, like, "Yeah, it's bullshit. He lied to you." <laughs> She goes, no. I was like, let's get D. Geller in here. And they came down there with their little eye gimmick, and they checked it like, sorry to tell you this, but this shit ain't real. <laughs> uh, that was a good bit. Because yep. it was real. It was true. It was organic. Uh, the B-Man, Brandon Thrasher with Thrasher Services there in the Zelensky Studios in Noonan, Georgia. Hello, B-Man. What, uh, what's poppin' fools? What's poppin' fools? What's crack-a-lackin'? You still say that? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's cracking. Uh, we usually drop the lacking. Oh, okay. Yeah, Got they're lacking the lacking now. They're, they're lacking the lacking. <laughs> it's just cracking. Fucking younger, yeah. young generations <laughs> getting rid of the lacking. That was the best part yeah. of it. All right. So, what do we think of uh, podcast? This is the first time that we can, you know, discuss discuss podcast and pours too. Halliversary. Uh, this past weekend, obviously, we don't have to tell you guys you know how this works. We record on certain days, uh, but uh, so we're we're. We can we can recap what what went well and what did not go well and what we can make better. Even though the next podcast in pours in my head is going to be something very different than what we did this past weekend. So what did you think, Nate? Oh, it was great. I had a great time. I think everybody else did. The costumes were fantastic. Uh, the the band, the the Verve Pipe and Distinct Grace and the, even the DJ. I mean, it was it seemed almost flawless. <laughs> Okay. I mean, to the, uh, at face value. I'm sure there was behind the scenes stuff, but uh, I hope everybody else felt the same way. Brandon, was it flawless? Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good party. I know uh, this is probably the best party I've been to in a while, and I like there was a lot of moving parts, a lot more than the first one. And I think we handled it well, and the venue was great, and I like the costumes. It kind of added an extra pizzazz to it, more of a talking point. You really liked the the at least the first Halloween costume contest. I know you did. You, you, cause you, you pulled me aside and you're like, that was awesome. That was just yeah. the best. That was, I was like, what well, was so awesome? It was just awesome. It was awesome. I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't know why you were so excited about that. I was like, this is the first costume contest you've ever seen. <laughs> well, you know, he probably hasn't seen you do like how we've done costume contests in the past with the station and everything. And he's probably never seen you do that, how you, you handle it and host it and everything. So he's probably impressed. I, I can see that. Was that it, Brandon? Were you impressed? Did I impress you? <laughs> I don't think I've ever, uh, you know, seen you do stage work. So I was like, it's pretty cool. And you're up there in your get up and then everyone else is in their get up. And it's just like, I was smiling the whole time. I liked it. Yeah, you did like it. it was, uh, oh, well, I, I, I did not realize that. I, I, I enjoy being on stage. I enjoy working a crowd. I really, really do. Uh, just I haven't done it in years because the radio station I worked at didn't get me out. Yeah. Uh, there was some misconception that I did not like doing gigs, as we call them. 
And I would tell them time and time again, that's not true. <laughs> I never said that. I said, I don't like doing gigs with no purpose. You know, and that's yeah. kind of our whole shtick with hashtag better than radio is because radio, they take your money. If you're an advertiser, they promise you the world with all these inflated numbers and they sell you on these inflated digital numbers, which most of the time have nothing to do with the station that you're buying. They're uh, uh, an accumulation of all the stations with the most popular station with the bulk of the audience that you'll never get to. Right. And then they'll sell you for a gig. Then the salesperson or even their manager will talk to the talent and pressure you and make you feel guilty doing this gig at not what you're contractually supposed to get paid because you have to help the team. And you do it to help the team. And then you go out there and it's literally a table, a tent with a black tablecloth, if you're lucky, and nothing else. And you'll have a promo guy that sits there or a girl sits there on their phone the entire time. And they don't do it right. And then when you try to help them be better at their job because you've done it before, then you get reported to HR and you're being bossy or you're being a bad coworker or something. Yeah, they don't want to hear it. So it's like, it's, and then they don't even give you copy to promote it. And if you promote it too much, then it's plugola. Then you get in trouble. I mean, it's like you can't fucking win in the business. Yep. It's it's am I wrong about any of those no, things? No, okay. not at all. Totally true. <laughs> Did not think I was. You know, so that you know, I used to do those all the time, Brandon. I mean, I I at uh, Tannery Row, we used to do a Halloween party there and New Year's also. I mean, I'm going back. You know, when I first started in the in the business, I mean, my very first gig that I ever did, I was so well. My first non-paying gig that I ever did was what was called the XL Beach Patrol. The station was XL 106.7 or 0.7 at the time. And uh, it was a top 40 station. And then and during the summer, they, they had this really cool Jeep that was wrapped. And we would go to Daytona Beach where you can drive on the beach. And we would throw out, you know, radio station swag. Nice. And we'd have the radio station blasting. And then when the commercials would come on, you know, we'd stop, turn it down. And then we'd turn it back up when the music would come back on and we'd drive. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we do. And, and that was my first one. And the story behind my very first one, I think I've told before, just a shortened version is I got destroyed drunk, destroyed high the night before. And I met this girl that I had met. Or I was with this girl that I had met a couple weeks prior. And I was all in to this chick. And we ended up going back. She was with two guys. And she said one of them was her brother and the other one was her brother's friend. And we go back to his apartment and we get we smoke whatever it was we smoked, but I was paralyzed, comatose on the couch, could not move a muscle, but I was awake with my eyes closed and I could hear everything like my hearing was intensified. It was really trippy. And it, this guy starts crying because his wife divorced him, finding out he's not her brother. And this other guy, I don't know who the fuck he is. So I get paranoid and she's like. I've got to take care of him. I promised him that he'd be at the radio station by 7 a.m., you know, and 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 so um, I'll just sleep with him in the bed. He's like, the fuck you will? We don't know this guy. She's like, he's on the radio. It's not like he's a bad guy. I don't give a fuck who he is. And the other guy's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, they're going to fucking kill me. They're going to kill me. So I jump up. Eventually, I, I, I muster enough uh, uh, energy and strength to jump up off the couch. And I go, look, guys, I know what's going on here. You pointing to the woman, the girl, you're the mastermind behind all this. All right. 
you, you're the psycho, and that's your muscle right there. And as I'm <laughs> telling them that they're going, they're they're planning on killing me. I'm backing out of this apartment, you know, and, and the, the hallway felt so long, like the shining hallway. It felt so long and I'm backing out. I'm just saying, you just stay there. You just stay there and everything will be just fine because I can protect myself. <laughs> and I drive away. I was like, which I shouldn't have done. Should not have got by the wheel of a car, but I thought I was going to get killed. Um, still talk to the girl this day. We're friends on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you should have her on sometime. Remember that one time? <laughs> I don't know if she remembers it quite like I remember it, but uh, maybe she does. I don't know. We've, we've never discussed it. I just know that we're friends on Facebook. But I, And then my first paying gig was in front of a Walgreens in Kissimmee, Florida. Walgreens is still there for an hour. And I got paid 100, 100 bucks, and I, and I was just uh, you know, to the moon, man. I was like, I made it because your name got mentioned on the radio station outside of the day part that you were on by other people. And to me, that was cool. And then if you could be put into a promo, like a pre-recorded piece or a commercial, holy shit, talk about making it. You made it. And and I would listen just like, oh, my God, they said my name. They said my name. They said my... And that was the love that I – and I still have the same love for the business. I really do. I might not get as excited, but I, I still love that aspect of the business. Unfortunately – it's gone away. And I, th- there's an element where I understand that needs to be gone doing the car gig, car lot gig, you know, they're not doing anything for anyone. I understand that. But if there were some effort put behind appearances for radio stations and there are plenty of companies and, um, markets that, that do this. Um, I, I know that for a fact, but you know, have go the extra, go the extra, not even mile, go the extra foot and say, okay, well, we're going to be out in front of a cell phone store today. Maybe somebody's going to stop by. People don't go out of their way to meet their favorite radio DJs anymore. Okay, so well, why don't we add tickets to this big concert that's coming up? And why don't we uh, have some, you know, some shirts to give away and, you know, something, you know, so it looks like you're doing something. But they don't do that anymore. But we do, and we did, and we proved it. And like I said before I announced Podcast Imports 2 anniversary, when it was all said and done, there was one question that we all would say, and that is, a podcast did this? That was all I wanted to do, is go, a podcast put this fucking party on? A podcast was able to pack Tannery Row, which is a pretty big venue. A podcast was able to book the Verve Pipe, you know, in Beaufort, Georgia, to, a podcast was able to give away $1,000 in total to two different Halloween parties. A podcast gave away a trip to St. Martin in a balloon drop. A podcast sold sponsorships to its Halloween party and actually had a vendor village with some top-notch sponsors. A podcast did that. A podcast did all that. If a podcast can do that, um, and no offense to you guys, but you're in Mexico and you've got your own business, a lot of this fell on my shoulders. So if I'm able to do this, how the fuck, why the fuck can a multi-billion dollar radio company do this every single time? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. And that's kind of like my, my fire behind this podcast is to point out how not easy it is, but how obtainable. Thank you. Obtainable. These things can be without actually pulling your hair out and going gray. Yeah. You did what a team of people normally do in less time. 
So it is possible. Well, again, I don't want this to be, I don't want to take all the credit in no, the world. No, well, you because should. You, you did a lot of work for this, and I think people should recognize it. Like, you threw an awesome Halloween party, and I think you should get all the credit in the world for it. And, and, and it's as it strenuous and stressful as, as it was at times, especially, you know, with ticket sales and, you know, like, okay, well, we, you know, we got this many people, we got this many, it's like, okay, we're going to have, oh, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to, you know, it all worked out at the end. Of course, I'd always want it to be bigger and better and all that stuff, but, you know, for the most part, it was a successful event. I chalk it up as a successful event. There were some hiccups. I think we've had one complaint so far from someone that, um, which actually, let me address that real quick. I, I, I forget the, the gentleman's name. But it was like immediately after the event goes on to our Facebook page, I think our our uh, our two percent two percenters private group, and talks about how bad of a time they had um, because part of the VIP experience in which they purchased tickets for was the table seating, and they couldn't find a seat a table because people without wristbands were were in there. And which is a, a extremely legitimate gripe. And then I think their second complaint was the free drink was in which I didn't even know what that was, but I guess it was like a, a shot or a small drink or something. It was like a punch. Yeah. It was that little fountain thing. It was a grateful dead. Okay, was it good? I don't know. I didn't have it. Did <laughs> it was all right. It was the greatest. It was a little warm. Okay. So I, whatever that was, they were not very happy with it. Okay. Fair enough. And, and, and I have no problem with any and all complaints coming my way. I just, there were a bunch of us from, and, and they, and somebody said to them, go, well, did you say anything to the staff? And they said uh, numerous, multiple times. Okay. So I'll take, I'll take your word for it. You said it multiple times. Not one of us knew anything about it. We are so easy to approach. We're everywhere. There's a bunch of us. If all you had to do was come find one of us, especially me, and it would have been handled. You know, I just don't yeah. think going on to Facebook because everyone else had a good time. So now it looks like you're not telling the truth in the eyes of everybody else. You know, they're going to be like, oh, there's the one whiner that didn't get what they want. It's not doing you any justice when in order to resolve the issue, you should have come to one of us at the party. I would have apologized a million times over and I would have making, I would have made sure you got everything that, that, that you needed. Uh, I would have stopped whatever I was doing. Even if I were on stage, I would have stopped and come off and done it because that's how important that stuff is to me. I just don't think it's fair that you wait until afterwards without exhausting all of your options and go and, and, and blast us like immediately after the event. I don't even know if the event was done yet that you're on there. It was quick. Like, I saw it when I woke up the next morning. Yeah. So, I yeah. don't know. Well, yeah, shoot us an email or something. I guess it didn't need to be a public thing, but also, people spent their good, hard-earned money, so I can understand being upset. Absolutely. But, but we also, you know, it, give us a an a opportunity to rectify it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Abs and, and I still would like to rectify it. So, and I'm not beating you up, uh, whoever you are. I'm just giving you my side of things of which, you know, if, if you trust us again the next time you come out, to, to an event, one, I'll comp your tickets, and two, um, if you have an issue, just come to us. You know, like, it, it, it's still a venue. It, there's going to be 
There's going to be balls dropped and and all kinds of stuff, you know, so just kind of take that into consideration. But that one message on the Facebook can go a long ways, right? Yeah. So it's just, it's not the coolest move to do. So with that being said, if I can make it up to you, send you some merch, you know, got plenty of it left over. So uh, I'll send you some merch. Just reach out to me. Not a problem. I'd be more than happy. Whatever, whatever got to do to make you happy. And I'm sorry that happened. I, I really, really am. Uh, but just next time, come to one of us. Like, we're all over the place. You couldn't miss us. I was weird Al Capone. <laughs> I mean, like, you could, I couldn't. For some reason, I looked a lot taller, too, in my costume. I don't know why. Yeah, I think it was the hair. It was the hair? Yeah, because your hair yeah. gave you a couple inches. <laughs> yeah. I looked like I was 6'8". I'm <laughs> looking at, back at the pictures, I'm like, Jesus, I was a beast. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I thought it was, I was it was good. I mean, you know, I mean, like I said, I could nitpick things. And you're right, the DJ was very good, Daniel. Uh, I think his company is BFE Productions, if if memory serves. Uh, great guy. But fucking Egypt. Yeah, but fucking Egypt Productions. <laughs> uh, great guy, just uh, very hospitable, making sure that I had everything that I needed and doing all the right things. That guy, that guy's good. I, I would hire him for uh, any event that I had. Yeah, he was great. I like that everybody was posting their own pictures in the group. Yes. You know, because we had, you know, our photographer and we all took pictures and stuff, but there's a lot of people or costumes or whatever that are moments we just didn't capture. And so it was fun to have that collaboration of all the two percenters and everybody else p- posting their pictures. I agree that that's uh, that's that's one of the things that gives me the warm and fuzzy about this whole thing is how active you guys are and how cool it was that for those of you that chat all the time on our social media that don't actually get to meet up as often as maybe you'd like, but you're still friends in the digital world. You finally got to meet up, right? You know, yeah. so like the Josh Becks and the Tara Ferguson's and, 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 and everybody that come out, uh, the Mark, which I'll get to Mark here in a second. Cause <laughs> I think, I think somebody on this show owes Mark a big thank you. <laughs> Uh, so like, it's just good to, you know, put the, you know, a lot of these people we've, we've met before and, and if we haven't, we've seen them on social media. So you kind of think, you know, them and then you get out there and you get to finally meet them. So it's, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. The pictures are good. And that's one of the things I was, cause I thought it was cool. You know, a lot of people know each other from the Facebook group. The one thing I was thinking of, we could maybe improve with, and I don't know how we do it without, you know, looking a certain way, but I think it'd be really cool if we could figure out a way to have everybody have name tags. I thought about that. Um, Cause I, a lot of times I talk to a ton of people on Instagram, a lot of our, our listeners and followers and you know, that Instagram, if you're not friends with them or their private account, it's just a little tiny photo. Mm-hmm. So I would be talking to somebody and then like halfway through the conversation, I would realize who I was talking to uh-huh. about a previous conversation I made a ha- maybe had on Instagram and private messages or something. So if we could find out a way to like, relate that so I could know ahead of time. And I think other people too, they know they talk to each other on the group, but then maybe don't know what they look like in person technically. Yeah. I, I thought about doing that. The reason I did not, well, there's a couple of things I did not do just cause I had so much other stuff on my plate, but it was because of the transition from the UGA game to our party. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a doors are at seven and people were lined up outside, take a name tag. As you check in, there was this transition of people leaving coming in, going out. Yeah. It, 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 to me, seemed like it was going to be more of a headache than anything else. 
I thought about doing that, though. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that probably wasn't the party to do it because everybody has their costumes and you don't want to have a name tag on. But if we do some other kind of events in the future, it might be a good idea. So, Because somebody was mentioning, they are like, yeah, we just came by ourselves. We don't really know anyone here. And I was like, well, you know, if, you, if you're in the group, you probably know a lot of these people. You just got to talk to them and figure out which ones you've interacted with online. Right, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's nice. It's cool. It's like a big, or it's a little family. It was good, yeah. Uh, the... Uh... God, what's the girl's name that won the trip? I got a picture with her afterwards. Her husband was really cool. He's a veteran. Is it Chrissy? Chrissy? Christy? Chrissy is her name? She won the trip. She comes up to the table. And she's like, I've got... Because each of the, you know, the balloons and the balloon drop, there were 22 prizes. Okay. So, uh, by the way, they were all in the orange balloons. Sorry. So, I don't know if anybody figured that out. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there, there are twenty, there are twenty-two prizes, gift cards, and such. And number twenty-two was the trip to Saint Martin. And people would come over to the merch tent, and we, you know, match up the numbers with the gift cards, so on and so forth. And uh, she was the last person to come over. She's like twenty-two. I was like, congratulations, you got a week of accommodations there in Saint Martin at that resort, the Royal whatever resort. And uh, she was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She was just like, oh, so, that's awesome. So excited. So that's cool. Uh, our sponsors, the Georgia Hemp Company. Thank you so much. That was way cool. People loved you being out there. Inspect all pest services. Nick said that it was great, you know, that he talked to a lot of people. He's a good talker. He was dressed up as Michael Myers. And uh, he's a good talker. And uh, people were interested. So, you know, they got some business out of that. Hobo Fire, which is Chef Erica's husband, right? Yeah. Hobo Fire. Right. And they got some really good stuff. I went over there. I didn't realize how much stuff that they brought with them and the, the, the quality of work that they do. Like they put, you know, stuff on shirts and cups and all kinds of stuff. Um, then Watkins, well, it's Gorenstein and Watkins now, but uh, Tyler and his partner were there. And uh, glad, good to have them out there. They're all dressed up, look nice and businessy, very. You know. <laughs> and then uh, My Karma Creations, uh, which they were a big hit with those tumblers that they were making. Oh, they're so. They had cool. a lot of tumblers out there. Yeah, well, they had a lot of tumblers. And you can buy them on their website, which is, uh, you know, you can either Google My Karma Creations, that's K, by the way, both of the K, Karma K, Creations K, uh, or that it's linked off of our site. But they, they might come on as an advertiser or whatnot because so many of our two percenters were like, well, how can I get this? And I think somebody bought a Georgia tumbler that she had there and like, love it. Um, we've got a bunch of them. So we know Renee's one of the owners of the company. It's her name. And we, we know her because our kids are friends. And so in her, her son plays football for Roswell and, you know, our daughter cheers and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we've got all these shiny Roswell. We've, we've got probably hundreds of dollars of her tumblers around our house right now. <laughs> but they're great tumblers. They're great quality and they're cool. And there's nothing like you can, you can find anywhere else. And, it's, it's, and that's the, the whole part of a successful business is to provide something that no one else is providing. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. So that's pretty cool. So thank you to everybody that participated. We appreciate it. Uh, the West Foundation, you know, which is a great foundation that uh, is doing their best to st help stop leukemia. You know, and they have a partnership with uh, the guys in Distinct Grace, Chuck Lunsford in particular. And before the night started, you know, I was there early in the day and Chuck came out. And uh, he had purchased two very nice guitars and said, um, you know, he asked me, he's like, do you think it'd be cool if I get, you know, Brian and the guys from the Verve Pipe to sign it? I'm like, 
I don't have a problem with it. I'm sure they won't have a problem with it, but I, you know, I can't tell you if they're going to or not. You know, I don't know when they're showing up to the venue, so on and so forth. And then their manager, Nate, uh, came came by early to do a walkthrough. And so he it was funny because he was like, I'm the other Nate. Oh, yeah. Because everybody was like, <laughs> like, oh, you're Nate. No, I'm the other Nate. So he shows up and, and then uh, he's like, oh, yeah, not a problem. We'll get him to sign it. They ended up uh, raising over $2,000 for the West Foundation. Wow. That night for, yeah, the, for the guitars. Awesome. So whoever purchased those guitars, thank you for doing that. That's that's way cool. And Distinct Grace did a fantastic job. Uh, they're like the ultimate party band to, to, to get things going, get you a lot of energy, yeah. have a lot of fun. Yeah, Chuck is so energetic. <laughs> He's got way too much energy. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, if you're going to bring me up to do a song, bring me up to do a song that I know. Like I didn't know the I didn't know I mean I've heard of course the song but I don't know the song. Which song did he bring you up for? Uh, Brandon, you remember? Uh, not off the top of my head. No, I was back there flirting with the with the bartenders. Yeah, loaded, loaded. What's that song? Loaded. If we're on the radio, people would kick our ass. Loaded, especially a classic. <laughs> Is there a rock song? Yeah. Loaded, loaded. Huh. Ricky Martin. Load it, load it, rock song lyrics. That's crazy if it comes up. I'm so loaded? No. Oh, dumbass. See, this is why I don't say shit like this. It's Living After Midnight with Judas Priest, for, uh, from Judas Priest. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's what it is. What a dummy. I can't believe it. Yeah, well, I probably wouldn't know the lyrics to that either. Well, I don't know the lyrics. I know the song, I just don't know the lyrics. Yeah, I wouldn't either. You know. Living after midnight, loving till the dawn. You know, so like the video that Rach has got, I don't think I posted it, but the, the video that she's got is like the beginnings, like really awkward. Cause I don't know what exactly he wants me to do. And then I start getting into it and I start bobbing my wig hair and it's pretty cool. I, I, I've yet still, at least the time of us recording this episode, I've not heard from weird Ali Yankovic and everybody else has put me over for my costume. Even people that wanted to make fun of me, they put me over for my costume and I have not heard from Weird Al. I'm very upset about that. Like, I, I guarantee not too many people went as Weird Al Capone this year. I promise you that. Yeah, I don't think so. I promise you, I pro, I promise you that. Um, so, and then, like, the Verve Pipe. What, what, what else can you say about the Verve Pipe? It, it was, like, the, the way that they put their set list together, I thought was very, very clever. And they added in some covers, um, which they just knocked out of the park. And... I thought it was way cool. You know, Brian comes down with his guitar into the crowd and is playing with everybody. And it was just like, I mean, you had the Verve Pipe, a a band that sold millions and millions of albums that really defined the late 90s with uh, the Freshman and Photograph, right? Two of their songs, you know, the Villains album, defined the late 90s, right? Uh, Helped define the late 90s. And you were at a private party with them right there. Like, like front and center stage, actually probably standing next to him, touching him as he's playing guitar. Oh, yeah. You, you basically had pit tickets that you got for 40 bucks. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat that, especially on Halloween. Yeah. So, I don't know. What else? To, oh, let's talk about the, um, the uh, what's that country? What's the Ukraine? country? No, next to it. Uh, Georgia? Russia? No, next to it. They're uh, friends with Russia, though. Starts with the B. Bulgaria? No, not Bulgaria. Uh, B- B- Belarus. Belarus. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Let's talk about the Belarusian girl. Who's that? Where? Yeah. 
What do you mean where? She's not here right now. (laughs) (laughs) She was the girl that was dressed in all red patent leather outfit. I don't know if Hmm. we saw that. What was her costume? It was like a cat or devil or oh. something like that. Some leather cats like that are sexy, kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> here, here's a story from the night. I booked the Verve pipe. I paid for the Verve pipe. Well, me and Tannery wrote paid for the Verve pipe. And uh, really, I mean, I'll, they're great, great, great band, and I love Brian, and and I love the band and stuff, but. Let's be honest. The freshman is what, you know, that's, that's the pinnacle. So when the freshman comes on, we're all ears and everybody's singing along. It's great. So he starts the song. I'm right there. Stage right front and center. Just, you know, all in all, just watching him sing the song. Every time he sings it, he sings it like it's the first time, which I really appreciate. Oh, Yeah. It sounded just like it did on just like on the CD, just like it. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is everything that I've worked for for four weeks right now. I've got the next about, you know, three and a half, four minutes. That's, this is, this is my payoff right here. Halfway through the song, one of our friends who, she's like a gremlin. You cannot give her alcohol, (laughs) water, have her stay up past midnight. She just turns into the biggest lush. And this Belarusian girl who I don't think knew who I was or knew anything about the show, but she was there for the party and wanted to meet me. And so she's hanging out with our friend and our friend is like, oh, my God, I'll find him for you. And I'm watching this. (laughs) I'm watching this happen. It's about 10 feet away from me in the middle of the dance floor. I'll find them. So I kind of tuck back behind the speaker a little bit more and then they disappear. I'm like, okay, but now I'm still distracted. I'm getting a little irritated because I want to. I'm like, yes. Out of nowhere. Our friend, the drunk gremlin. Let's just call her. um, uh, Uh. Messed up Mogwai. (laughs) (laughs) And this Belarusian girl pop out from behind me. And then they get right in front of me and I can't see the, the rest of the song was ruined. Oh, that's the worst. (laughs) She's like, Bushki, Bushki. I wanted to meet you all night. I didn't know that was you. But, and then our friend's like, I told you I'd find him. He's one of our good friends. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh. Put a bullet in my fucking head. I just, and I'm like, okay, let's, let's talk in a minute. Just give me one, you know, I gotta be nice, right? Just get, just give me one minute. Let me like this. Did not want to, oh my God, this is such a great party. Bushki, Bushki. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so then it got out of control. And then I just, I was like, I got to go. And I just left. And I think I went over, Rach was man in the merch tent at the time. And then, uh, after it was all said and done, I went back into the Verve pipes green room, which I thought was supposed to be roped off, but they're having kind of a party back there. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if that's how it was supposed to be. Um, and, um, and Brian was talking, this girl was standing on a chair talking to him. And I was like, I, 
I think I got to save him. Now, I don't know if he's married or what his deal is. I, I, I know nothing about his personal life. But I just know that I probably, I, I, one, I had something to say to him. And two, I, I think I need to save this, this girl's intense. Yeah. And, um, and I went over there, and I don't know if I did the right thing or not, but she's like, oh, my God, Bushki, Bushki, Jason again. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then she was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, it got uncomfortable. Got a little uncomfortable, a little bit. Yeah, it does say he's married. He's been married since 2006. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. I'm not saying that he was flirting or anything. I'm oh, just no, saying not I was like, I, I Sometimes I, people would be need to be saved, and they don't. Nobody else realizes it. Like I knew it. it. I knew it. I knew it. No offense to the Bushki Bushki girl either. You're very sweet, but you're just a lot of energy. You're high, <laughs> and, and like we, you know, like we're busy. We got we got to do stuff in doses. Like little 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 here, little here, little there, little here, little there, little here, little there. <laughs> it sounds like when you um when you used to burn a mix CD and you'd be playing it in your car, and then you got a buddy in the car and he starts talking over your favorite song, yeah. so you start it over, yeah. and then you keep doing it, and they're not picking up on it. It's like just shut the fuck up. I'm trying to hear my favorite song. Or when you're watching one of your favorite movies or television programs and you've seen it be- before and you can't wait for that one scene and you're there's a person in the room, i.e. your wife, that doesn't care about what's on said television and just feels that they're at liberty to talk throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I hate that. It drives me insane. Absolutely bonkers. So the night's over, uh, successful. I mean, when the Verve Pipe was done, I expected people to kind of hang out a little bit more. We did the dollar store. Um, out of all the people I had sign up, I don't know where the fuck you were, but <laughs> it came down to two people. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we do it a little earlier next year because I think maybe half of them got too drunk and left. I, I, I don't. I, There's only time I could do it. Yeah, you know. I mean, we had. Uh, what, what, what were the contestants? We had the guy, the my fish tank. Mm-hmm. And I forget what he was. It, he, like, what was his costume? Yeah, what was his costume? Oh, it was uh, he was something for Finding Nemo, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like Dora or Dora, Dora, Darla, uh, Darla, Darla, Darla. Yeah, with the yeah. braces. He was the 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 girl. He, he was Darla, which is such an odd thing to do. Yeah. And then, but he didn't win. The other one won, right? Yeah, he was he was a ba- something to do with basketball. I, I don't recall what it was. Uh, let me see if I can look at the. Pictures. Oh no, did Darla win? I don't remember. I think the basketball guy did because he was spinning the ball on his finger. Remember? Oh, he was Dunkin' Do- Dunkin', Dunkin donuts. donuts. Yeah, that's what he was. He was Dunkin' Donuts. And he had a string of donuts. He had a string it. of I, donuts. I think I ate one. Yeah, that was clever. <laughs> I know those are my faves. Yeah. Too, those cheap chocolate donuts. Oh yeah, they're so good. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> the couple that was the what was it? Was it Blazing uh, Blades of Glory? Is that what they were? Dressed up with the leotards. Oh, no. That was Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher, you dumbass. <laughs> that guy was so creepy when he first came in. I was like, oh, my God. Well, he showed me a picture of what he normally looks like. He has, like, a full beard, and he shaved it off for this costume contest. Well, wow, he was he was a large man. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what made the costume so good. And the winner of the, you know, generic, we had, like, 40 people in this, this costume contest. You know, we had to do it in, in doses of 10, like tiers of 10. And the winner was, I, I don't know who was under this costume, but it was somebody as Sasquatch with <laughs> Nate on his back. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And it was an amazing costume. It was huge. It was like Hollywood movie quality costume. Yeah, Josh Evans, that's who it was. That's who was in it? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, do you know what he was? Huh? He, he was the Mexican Sasquatch from my video from Cabo. 
Remember when I zoomed in on the the guy in the? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't he do a couple other videos? Yeah, he was. Um, Did he do the uh, my court catting one? He yeah, he may have. Yeah, I think he I, yeah, was that the same guy. Yeah, I believe he was. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was like teasing his costume uh, on the two percenters group for a couple of weeks. So oh. uh, it was great. And the, the voice, uh, like the voice box thing. Yeah. Yeah. $500, you know, for that. So congratulations. What was it? The finalists were the Sasquatch, Sonny and Cher, Austin Powers. Yeah. Right. Was the zipper face one in there too? No. And she was Becky. like, she, so she said, I talked to her afterwards because her, costume was amazing yeah like the paint job that she did on her face was ridiculous i mean that is high quality stuff um but she was like i don't think people could see me up on stage and i was like i agree i don't think you know when you do these costume contests the the makeup artistry is not the strongest costumes it's the big and flashy that people can see in the back of the room. True. You know, that's the clever, you know, that that not not necessarily the hard work or the artistic kind of stuff. And that's what hers was. But it was amazing. And, and then uh I think uh Cassette Smith, she got in for the sexy aspect of the cause. She was like a cat woman or something. She was all in black, you know, or or something like that. So I think she was one of the finalists um, as well. One of my favorites was I think I I showed you the costume. See if you could guess it. But it was the couple, and the girl was dressed like a cat, and the guy was uh, had his nipples cut out of his shirt. Catnip. Yeah, catnip. It's fucking hilarious. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You had the the dick and balls, or no, the v- dick and vagina. Yeah, well, I, I can't remember what was the play on words with that. There was a play on words. It was because um, she was a vagina, and then she had a a name tag that said something. We talked to him when we we're doing the live broadcast. Yeah, Let's see if I can find it. But that was really clever too. I forget what it was. Had my buddies that beat me in tennis that morning. Oh yeah, and the Australian, <laughs> the, the non-Australian. <laughs> I still don't know if he's Australian. I he swears up and down he's not, but I'm like, dude. Okay. Yeah, that was the weird thing is he's like, I'm not Australian. But then he didn't say what he was. <laughs> it's like, so what are you? I'm an alien. <laughs> uh, let's see any of the other. I mean, there's so many great costumes. The one night stand. That was pretty funny. Yep. The one night stand was good. Um, like if you go, if you go to our Facebook page, there's an album and we keep putting pictures in there. So you, you'll, you'll be able to see them. But uh, yeah, so it was good. So, all right. So afterwards, when it's all said and done, you know, I'm the last person there because I had to close up shop, right? Well, don't get used to that. That's not going to happen often. <laughs> and I'm tired. I'm just drained. I've been up since 6 a.m. Every It's done. I'm Thank God. It's I just wanted to lay down. And so, I was, you know, I'm not driving home, um, even though I could because I, I, I had maybe a drink and a half the whole night. And so I was like, let's just go to the hotel. We go to the hotel. And, you know, and everybody, a lot of our listeners, people are there. So Brandon and August come back. I I assume that they have a room. Right. I, I was under the assumption that they had a room because I thought we talked about that on a show. Yeah. Well, and he told me that, yeah, he was staying at the hotel. Yeah. Okay. So he drives, he and Def August drive with me back in my truck to the, to the thing. We walk in in the lobby and there's, you know, a group of people, and they're like, oh, my God, you just missed it, the verb pipe, where they're hanging out with us in the lobby. Yeah, oh, I was there. Oh, that's yeah. right, you were there. Yeah, because yeah. I walked in, and I was like, hey, what's up, other Nate, uh, from the verb pipe. So, yeah, they were all hanging out in the lobby of the 
the Springwood Suites. And then some of Spring Hill. some of our listeners were there, and uh, it was it was cool. And then Mark, how do you say his last name? Anello. I think so. Anello. Yeah, Mark. yeah, that's how I pronounce. it. Dude's like got some stories, man. He's he's amazing. Like if you ever get a chance just to look through his phone, <laughs> he's got some crazy shit yeah. of him diving and going into caves and spelunking school and school buses at the bottom of rock quarries. That guy is he's an he's more of an adventure guy than you are. Oh yeah, he wants to teach me how to scuba dive so I can scuba dive in Mexico. Yeah, so please. Yeah, and he is the one from Podcast and Porous one that had the hooker girlfriend. Right. He introduced me it was like the first person that came up to me the other night. He introduces me to this blonde girl that was with him at the beginning of the night, but at the end of the night, I don't think she was there. He was like, this is my friend, but she's not my hooker girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, uh, so he's there, and he's such a fantastic guy. He's a huge supporter of our show. He always comments on stuff on, on, on social media. The guy's just top-notch. He's a top-notch dude. And so uh, we're all kind of in the lobby, and, and I'm, 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 I'm fading fast. Like I, When I get tired, I, my body shuts down, and, and I just walk away or I just fall asleep. I, I got to go. <clears throat> so I turned to Rachel and said, I got to go. I got to, I got to get in bed. And she was tired as well. You know, cause she put as much effort into this whole thing as I did. I mean, she worked her ass off for the last four weeks. I could not have done what I was able to do on my side of things. If it weren't for my wife, you know, and my daughter and her friends that manned the merch tent, you know, it was, it was a big time team effort. So uh, they're like, no, man, let's do some shots. Let's drink. And, and Brandon and I, well, we're just getting started, man. Let's drink. drink. <laughs> I'm like, guys, you're drunk. It's one o'clock in the morning. We're in Buford, Georgia. You're in the <laughs> lobby of a Marriott, like across from the mall of Georgia. Just go to bed. You know, and this other guy's like, oh, dude, our room's a join. Let's just open them all up. <laughs> I'm like, no. Oh, yeah, Kyle. <laughs> so, uh, so. So we go in our room, and I'm like, I, I just go to your room. I, I still am under the in, impression that they have their own room. Yeah. Right? I still, so. I still want an assumption they have their own room. So we get into bed, and shortly after, by the way, I did hear, I'm assuming that was you knocking at my door. So I ignored it. Um, <laughs> don't I ever. Just hello, tequila. I'm sorry. By, by the way, don't ever do that again. <laughs> okay. For your own safety, don't ever do that again. <laughs> sitting there banging on my door. Banging on no, my door. just a little knocky knock. Doesn't matter. You could you 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 could have you could have rubbed your penis head on my door. It still would have been as loud as banging on my door. I'm like, and Rachel's like, what do you do? what do we do? I said, just be quiet. Don't say anything. Just just, just pretend it doesn't exist. They'll go away. <laughs> and you can hear them outside. They're like, and so uh, so yeah. So so they find they finally went away, and then I get up. Um, next morning and, you know, we got to go back and, and clean up all of our stuff. You know, I mean, we got tons of stuff. We got boxes of merch. We've got our tent. We've got, you know, our, our stand-ups. We got all of our stuff. And so we got to go clean it up. And Brandon said that he and August would help out. I didn't think they were going to because you just can't wake them up. You know, this is like 9 a.m. I'm up. <laughs> and so I text them both and I say, I'm up. I'm getting ready to leave just pretty much figuring that I'm going to have to make numerous trips back and forth. They're just not going to help. Yeah. But I wake up to a text from Mark saying, Hey, if you're looking for Brandon in August, they stayed, they stayed in, uh, in my room last night on my couch. I'm like, how did that work? How did two people sleep? Did you sleep one way and August sleep the other? Or did you guys cuddle and spoon or what? No, I, I gave August a couch and I took the pillow from, him. I just slept on the floor. 
because <laughs> they got kicked out of the lobby. They they bar yeah. they bargained with the the guy that was man in the front desk, the overnight guy at the hotel, and said, "Hey, if we go get you Waffle House, can we sleep in the lobby?" He says, "Yeah, but at six a.m. I got to kick you out." <laughs> and it was like three thirty a.m. when we were back at the hotel. So you got two and a half hours for Waffle House. So he goes outside and he falls asleep next to the trash can. <laughs> yeah, for like five minutes. And the guy comes out and says, this isn't going to work either. Like, literally, <laughs> you have to get out. Like, leave. So he ended up going into Mark's room, I guess, and, and, and finish it out or whatever. And then they were up and they came and they, they looked horrible. They are sitting on this couch. Like, the rest of us were eating breakfast yeah. and... You know, there's kids up there that are getting ready to do something for the day, like baseball or something. <clears throat> Everybody's very jovial and happy and eating bread. Their breakfast actually was very, very good. Uh, you know, that complimentary, you know, breakfast or whatever. Oh, yeah. It was really, really good. And so we're eating breakfast, and August and uh, and Brandon are just like, you know, sprawled out on the couch looking disgustingly dirty. <laughs> like like I would call the cops if I didn't know. Like, who are those guys here? Right. You know, you, you've got to change that buddy you you, you got to get you, you, it's not a good look especially if you want to be a business owner that's not a good look yeah you know it's just a it's just a fun night you know we I, didn't go too crazy i mean we we didn't leave the hotel we stayed there <laughs> i even had them call over to the hotel next door and they were booked too and i mean you know we just sleeping on the floor wasn't too bad i, I understand that but it's the one thing leads to another yeah if you decide to take my advice you'll thank me later down the road but you're getting to, excuse me, an age, and a lot of it has to do with being a business owner. You're a professional now. You you can't bum people's couches, you know, that, that are listeners of the product that you push out. Well, he did offer us twice. It doesn't matter. People are going to offer you a lot of things. You have to turn them down. You have to do things on your own. You know, book your room in advance. It's not the hardest thing in the world to do. Spend a hundred bucks for the room or 119 or whatever it was. It's okay. You can write it off during tax time, but you can't pass out in lobbies and people see you. And it's just not a good look for any of us. The show, the brand, your brand, your business. I'm just telling you, it's people look down at you and they're like, why would I want that guy to install my fence or that guy to do my irrigation if he's not, he can't even afford a hotel room and he, he he's drunk and passes out in the lobby. Well, we could afford it. They just had no rooms. I went up there. I was like, can I get a room? They're like, oh man, we're booked out. I'm like, why, why would I hire somebody to put in a fence or do my sprinkler system that knows he's going to this party and doesn't book the room in advance when the host tells him to? Just like everybody else. I, yeah, I've never booked a hotel in advance. I just usually just kind of go up and be like, that's you got a room. That's part of growing up. That's big boy stuff, you know, where you say, I it, I mean, it was pretty good probability that you're going to need the room. And you can always say, I don't need the room in advance, like the day before and just let it go and you don't get charged anything. That's just big boy stuff, you know, so, but you got a business now. If you didn't have a business, you know, I, I wouldn't say anything, but you got a business you know, and you could have picked up business that night, but I know if I were talking to you earlier in that evening about doing my fence or something and I came to the hotel and I saw what I saw, I'm not hiring you. 
Not at all. The first thing when I call fence guys is check if they if they book hotels. And if they don't, no. fuck that guy. Fuck you. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Get out of here. You know exactly what I'm fucking talking about. I talked to Brandon in the lobby when he told me that they talked to him and they had no uh, no rooms. And he's like, I'm just going to sleep in the lobby. I mean, there's not a law against it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think it's loitering. I think that's the law. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told all I said, here's our plan here. We're just going to sit here. And fall asleep. We're not sleeping if we're not laying down. We're sitting here. No. Well, that's what you should have gotten. <laughs> just stayed at Waffle House because they're open 24-7. You can just, as long as you're taking a bite of your waffle every couple minutes, I think you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. I fell asleep at a Waffle House. It's not so, illegal. It's like masturbating on a plane. It's just frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, it's like the thank you for not smoking signs. It doesn't say you can't smoke. If you, just if you smoke, you won't be thanked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you, you got you to gotta start. It, you got to start acknowledging that about yourself. You know, it's all right. You, you got to grow up a little bit. You you can do it in little spurts. I'm not saying that you have to, you know, grow up overnight, but little things like that can go along, especially if you're at an event. Now I will tell you from a personal side of things. I mean, yeah. It's great content. It makes for good stories, so on and so forth. Um, but I'll, it's going to get tired, tiring real, real soon. And I don't want that representation of my brand and you are part of my brand. So I, I, I don't need that headache. I don't need the hotel to call up Tanner because there's so many things that can go wrong. I'm a, I'm a guy that tries to solve problems before there's a problem. So if, you know, they were to get pissed off and you were to get an attitude and they were to call Tannery Row and Tannery Row were to call me and wake me up in the middle of the night and then it's just a chain effect because you, you, you didn't book a hotel. That's on you. You have a tendency to put people at an inconvenience because of your lack of. And you have to acknowledge that and address that because it will bite you in the ass eventually. It will. It's just like you get pissed off at people that you try to get to come work for you. And they're like, yeah, they no show. Or they, they work for a little bit and then they don't work for a little bit. And it bothers you. You are very similar to that regards. Like, that's how you function. You're not the most reliable person. Yeah, yeah, I know that. You're so giving if, the Clueless uh, 2 a bad name. So if you don't like, well, I mean, the Clueless 2 is a gimmick from the radio show. And at that time, I didn't give a fuck what you did, you know, because I didn't care about the brand. Um, but uh, I do care about this brand a lot. Yeah, <laughs> this is our brand in. This is our brand. Our brand in is fucking up our brand. <laughs> um, were you guys surprised that they did an encore? Yeah. The verve pipe, that is? Yeah, especially, um, you know, like, obviously this wasn't like a full concert at like, you know, an amphitheater or something like that. So I assume maybe their set list was a little different than if you'd saw them somewhere else. So, yeah, I didn't didn't know if they would do something like that in a, like, kind of a private event type of situation. Yeah, and it was kind of neat. Like, it was, it was an encore like I've never seen it before. Like, they got off and... There was still the guitar. You could hear the... And I thought they... I actually thought they were done. I didn't think they'd do an encore for, for us. Yeah. And so they get off, and then I looked at somebody next to me, and they were like, encore? And I go, no. And then they came right back on. It was really cool. It was like quick. It wasn't like, oh, what's going to happen? You got to wait and see and stuff like that. And then they and then they came back on. So... um Encores are interesting. Everybody kind of has their own little thing. And, you know, it's still kind of a mystery, you know, why so many acts actually still insist on doing the ritual of the encore. Uh, And for concert goers, it actually is irritating to some people 
you know, like I have to wait an extra X amount of time for you to take a break to come back and play the song that I paid money for you to come that I came to sing. Yeah. It's like, just fucking do it, you know, but the, you know, the acts do this. I, I well, there's a lot of different reasons. So, uh, I, I, it's all an article on, you know, why they go through the motions of pretending the show is over and then one, two, three or four more times and only to return to the stage to play another song or two. Whose idea was it? So the genius of the encore goes back to like the 18th century. This was long before anyone could summon up music on demand. So without recorded music, the only way anyone could hear their favorite songs or music in general was to wait for an opportunity to go someplace where it would be performed. That makes sense, right? So once the concert was over, it was over. Unless the audience decided to hit the 1700s version of the repeat button. And that's when the crowd yelled encore, which is French for, Brandon? More. Play it again. Again, yeah, again. It's French for again. So when you're saying encore, you're saying again, again, again. again. More. Uh, Which doesn't make any sense because that would mean play the same song you just played again, right? Yeah. (laughs) In Italy, the cry was, encore, encore. These were demands by the audience, and more importantly, the performers' wealthy patrons to hear the most popular songs or portions of, uh, like in an opera, like One More Time. And back then... The exhortions didn't just happen at the end of the show. Shouts of encore or encora and alternatively una ultra or un rappel or bis and un ultra volta erupted several times during a performance in hopes of encouraging the orchestra to play a popular part of the piece again right then and there. So back in the 18th century, they would at, the audience would ask for the uh, demand the encore, but demand it numerous times, sometimes throughout the performance. Because if they just wanted to hear that one part again. Um, so, but not everyone was cool with this. At one point, European opera houses banned encore, saying that they were too disruptive. Uh, and and then so, I guess, uh, to prevent the excessive duration of operas without, however, prejudicing the fame often sought by opera singers from the repetition of vocal pieces, um, they de- deemed de- an enclosed notice to the public that, no piece for more than a single voice to be repeated to be the most reasonable uh, exponent. So eventually, Austria, Italy, Germany issued outright bans on shouts for encores, something that eventually extended to new the to the New World establishments like the Metro Opera in New York. Some actually feared that such unruly behavior would lead to disorder. They had a point, too. In 1887, a member of the audience was so annoyed that Italian conductor Arturo Toscanini refused to replay the ten- tenor Araceleo uh, e Mar from the opera Gioconda. A soldier in the audience then called him arrogant, to which Tos- Toscanini replied, you're not right, you dog. Honor insulted. And they challenged to a duel, but it never happened. Ooh. That's how, <laughs> that's how big it got. That's interesting. Yeah. They played it over and over. <clears throat> I guess. It was like, let's go out there and shoot each other. That's all pissed Free off. Bird. We don't, you know, back in those days, you called somebody a dog and it was oh, on. Oh, that's dirty. You just don't do that. You did it wrong. Uh, but audience insistent, uh, insisted. So while encores disappeared from the more prestigious venues, the practice continued where the working class gathered to hear less serious music over time. Shouting for an encore was derided as uncouth and rude by the moneyed class. By 1900, the only places where one could enjoy an encore were music halls and certain theaters. If one of the acts sang a hot song of the day, perhaps the latest hit 
from New York's Tin Pan Alley. He or she might be spontaneously called upon to sing it again and again until the audience was uh, good. Some uh, song pluggers, people hired by music publishers to promote freshly written pop music, loved when this happened because it inevitably meant an increase in sales of sheet music for that song. So then it transitioned to Broadway, plays and musicals were well-received. The audience called the actors sitting backstage to take an extra bow. So not only encores are musicians coming up, but if you've ever been to an opera, you know, they'll come back out and take a second bow. Uh, Never thought about that, actually. And uh, then the tradition bled to the world of rock and roll. So Elvis, you know, crowds went crazy for him, and they want him to keep going, but he refused to do encores. Horace Hogan, the promoter of an Elvis show at the Louisiana State Fair on December 15, 1956, needed to disperse an ecstatic crowd, so he became the first to utter the now famous phrase, Elvis has left the building. There it is. Yep. Uh, I never knew that. Yeah. When they became superstars, the Beatles refused to play encore encores as well. Then again, encores were impossible. Audience were so crazy that once they played their set, they were whisked away in a waiting car. So there you go. That's just some of the backstory. Of I, just, I just, I was like, I, 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 I was thinking about it. <clears throat> I knew we were going to talk about it. And I was like, one of the interesting things was their encore. I just thought it was a very interesting, like, I don't know how I feel about encores. I, I, I kind of like them. I kind of don't like them. Yeah. I yeah. think they're obsolete or they should be. Yeah. It's just, you know, play the songs. Yeah. Like, you know, it's coming. And, and now when the set lists are out there on the internet and stuff, you know, what's coming. And so it's just kind of fanfare at that point. It's just like, just play the songs, just have it be part of it and end it. It's almost kind of arrogant. Yeah. Right. Like we need you to chant our name. Yeah. Yeah, it is. but then they know that they're doing it. They're they're coming out regardless, whether you chant or not. Yeah, they're going to be there no yeah. matter what. Um, I know artists take it as a break, you know, so they can get a drink of water and they can catch their breath. Yeah. The older artists do, uh, you know, oxygen, <laughs> oxygen. But they'll you know they'll have like the drum solo or the guitar solo. Yeah, yeah. So they'll dip in the back so they can they can take a break. You know, they can they can rest. Yeah. Or they introduce they, the band. Or if you're Leonard Skinner, you're all sitting in Lazy Boys with oxygen tanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the movies, you know, like when the movie's over and the credits roll and you got to sit through the credits to see the last little extra 30 seconds of the movie, like mm. the sneak peek. Interesting you say that because I did that uh, this past weekend, which I'll discuss here in the third segment with Black Adam. But first, let's talk to our guest. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, The usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. I want you to call my wife, but not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife, Rachel Guy, because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams Atlanta North Office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have, 
Uh, she's absolutely amazing. I can tell you firsthand, you know, if you're a first-time home buyer, she's going to walk you through it. If you've done this numerous times before, you might learn something. She's great. So if you're looking to buy or sell, call Rachel Guy because she's your guy. 404-797-4600. That's 404-797-4600. Let's keep it before 9 p.m. All right, some of you call fairly late. It's a little annoying. No offense. Stress-free buying and selling, and like I said, this crazy nutso market. You can also shoot her an email. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. Sometimes it's tough finding the right tree service, like ones that'll give you a call back or ones that'll even show up. Cut and right tree service and more, they're gonna do both. They're gonna show up and they're gonna call you back. 877-828-8846. You can also book online. Cuttingright.com, C-U-T-T-I-N-R-I-G-H-T.com. Female, veteran-owned, located and servicing all around Atlanta. And if you mention the BS, when you call, you get $100 off your job. Experience tree removal who care all about the details. Customer satisfaction guaranteed, 877-828-8846. That's 877-8-CUTTING, CuttingRight.com. And back to you, Jason. Mad Dog, Manny Aurora. Looking dapper, if I don't say. Is that what, uh, going to court, the more dapper you look, the more lenient the judge is? I sure hope so, because I could use some leniency today. Nikki, how good does he look? He looks amazing. I've seen him dress up, but this is... This is top-notch dressing up. I love a man in a suit, and all men can't pull it off. Manny is pulling it off today. Yeah. You've only seen me in tennis clothes, but those are nice clothes, too. No, I've seen you, like, it's, uh, you know, pictures in your office and stuff like that, but that's a suit. I mean, that's... That's a suit. You suit. must... You, you're, 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 your client must have really screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> the first step in rehabilitation is paying your legal fee. <laughs> uh, so what this guy do? Uh, he's accused of murder. Oh, man, Ooh. you can't do that. That's bad. I think we actually have a very good case, so I expect to get him acquitted. Hopefully today the jury's deliberating right now. Oh, my God. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. It's two weeks, and they started deliberations yesterday. We're going into day two. Can you give us the uh, cliff notes? So this is probably the most bizarre murder I've had in my almost 30 years. It's a man and a woman. They get into an argument. They've been dating for a while. She goes over to her godmother's house. He comes over and says, I want all my stuff back. Mm. They get in an argument. Godmother and her god sister, one says he pulled her hair and tried to get his $22,000 Rolex watch back. He's a big real estate person. Mm. Um, she um, dances at Magic City. Oh. And so, you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the godmother says, oh, he's beating the shit out of her. Pardon my language. <laughs> You're in the face. Yeah. And then she breaks it up, he gets his stuff, and he's getting ready to leave. But the girl runs out the back and takes um, some kind of metal cane and just bashes his Range Rover windows in. He gets out there, getting ready to leave, sees it, freaks out, and starts chasing her and apparently punches her some more. Uh Interesting thing is, um, when they did the autopsy, there's not a mark on her anywhere. I mean, like a bruise outside or inside. Like if I punch you in the face and you died right away, arguably you could say it wouldn't bruise because you died too quick. Uh But when I hit you... Underneath your skin, the capillaries are going to be broken. That's what eventually causes a bruise because that's the impact, right? Right. So this is a 6'2", 220-pound man, and the woman was six foot, about 180 pounds, and he's apparently pummeling her, so there's not a mark on her. 
what no one knows is she's 24 years old, but with the heart of a 70-year-old. It's a genetic thing that's just completely scarred, so she has arrhythmia. Ah. And so the government's saying by him hitting on her, it raised her heart rate to go up and stressed her out, so she died. Uh So this is my first murder by stress, which is unheard of in the law. If for some reason we lose because our guy looks like a jerk for what he did, which it was wrong. Uh Um, So he doesn't deny hitting her. No, he does deny oh, hitting he her. Denied. He says, look, we just tussled, pushed, and shoved, and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I just wanted my stuff back. Right. So the girl's family. Um, Is he believable? To me, is I mean, I've known him for a while. I mean, I've known people that kill people. Mm-hmm. I've known people that rape people. And you just get a sense of some stuff out there. Look, we've all freaked out on our boyfriends or girlfriends. But if your wife or spouse or whatever had a heart that nobody knew about and you're arguing and they died, now you can be charged with murder mm-hmm. in our state. Are you kidding me? Yeah. She died right then and there? She died about a couple minutes after their fight was over. Oh, so he was still around when she died? What happened is he got there. They either argued or hit, depending right. on what you believe. She leaves, bashes in the windows. He comes out, sees it. Mm-hmm. They get into a fight on the outside. Mm-hmm. He gets up and leaves. She then collapses after he leaves the scene. Oh. And the police are called and all that. It turns out that she had a really bad heart. It's called an arrhythmia. Mm-hmm. And so the government's saying, because he stressed her out, he killed her. That's murder. And wow. um, I'm just at a loss. It's like my hands were shaking yesterday doing closing statements. I'm like, I, I can't believe I'm talking about murder on something that's an assault. So we got the chief of cardiopathology from Duke University to come down and say, look, there's no way to tell what triggered this heart. It could have been triggered after she got done dancing an hour earlier. It could have been while they were arguing on the phone. It could have been when he got there. Just nobody's ever seen anything in the history of America where somebody's been convicted of a heart attack with no injury. So if you win this case, you will then set a precedent, right? It's not a precedent because an appeals court has to set precedents, right? So theoretically, we would have to lose, go to appeal, and win. Then it's a precedent. Oh, you really? Can, you can't just win flat out and set a precedent? No, because that's at the trial level. That doesn't mean anything. Huh. Um, so the interesting thing is, had he had a weapon, like a gun, mm-hmm. knife or something, and he caused it, then it's okay because you're using what's called a per se deadly weapon. But if you're supposedly punching someone, there's no foreseeability that, oh my God, they may have a heart problem and could die if I punch you in the arm mm-hmm. or something of that. Like, if he would have punched her in the chest like a Jean-Claude Van Damme and tore something in her heart, then there's a direct link, right, that he did it. But this this is just absurd. It's... Um, it scares the hell out of me. I haven't slept in two and a half weeks. And it's really? just like worried for this guy. Wow. Because, you know, a jury's a jury. Does City's this a... happen with all your, your people? Like, do you take on the anxiety from these cases? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I only do maybe one or two trials a year. We take on maybe 15 cases a year. I've got a staff of five lawyers. You take everything on. I mean, they're paying you a lot of money and you get to care about them. How can you defend them if you don't know who they are? Yeah. Do you take them, like, do you, if you can, they're not in jail, do you take them out to dinner and try to, you know, come over, play some Call of Duty? Let's, well, let's... I don't know <laughs> if I'm bringing them to my house because my wife would get mad. But, I mean, there's got to be a professional line as far as that goes. But we do have lunch and stuff like that. I mean, I've got to get to know them and their families and everything else. Otherwise, how can I possibly represent somebody I don't care about? Got a client coming over tonight, honey. Nice guy. So far, what I know, he is being accused of five rapes <laughs> and two murders. Yeah. But... Uh, he said he'd babysit for us Friday night, so we're good. You know, <laughs> have you met my kids? 
<laughs> I have. <yeah. laughs> that was, you know, being facetious. But yeah. So, uh, well, best of luck, man. I, 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 I wish you nothing but the best. And that's what Manny does. For those that don't know, specializes in criminal law. If you need them, the Aurora uh lawfirm.com the aurora lawfirm.com and uh, we'll get to your emails your social media questions a couple of voicemails that you left for one in particular i'm really looking forward to playing uh 404-369-3825 404-369-3825 before you do that can i just tell everybody to look at brandon's face no. He looks stunned. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you, young man. Stoned or stunned? <laughs> I got, I got, I got a uh, deja vu because I feel like we talked about this story before. Is this one that's been going on for a while, or do we have another similar one? Because I remember like some of these details, and I'm like, damn, is this another story? Is it the same one? Um, this is the first and only one, so we may have discussed it before, but it's actually just spent the last two weeks in trial in DeKalb County, so here we're coming to a conclusion. I, I don't remember this one. I mean, there's a good chance that he did bring it up you know because i'm sure i asked about it but you know when manny comes in you know a couple times in the month during the month and he's doing these trials a lot of times he's doing these things for weeks months very long time so like this is this is all he's got <laughs> he's just in this one trial <laughs> nothing else exists now if you lose yeah if you lose any any case you lose do you shake the hand of the prosecutor you always shake the hand of the prosecutor, whether you like them or not. It's just the position. You got to be professional about it. You know, you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to think they're being honest and decent. But you shake a man's hand. That's just or a woman's hand. That's just what you do. Have you not? Have you never? Have you ever not shaken a prosecutor's no, hand? I've always offered. A couple of them have refused to shake my hand because anytime a defense wins, we've done something sleazy or scummy. Uh. Um, everybody thinks like we're somehow less than they are because they're wearing the white hats. And you know what? Until you need somebody like me, you have no idea how much yeah. it's one-sided traffic. Yeah. I'm picturing like at the end of a football game, the quarterbacks meet and, you know, sure. you know, shake each other's hands. And sometimes they don't want to shake hands. Right. But in our case, somebody's going to prison forever. Yeah. That sucks. Whew. All right. Uh, so actually, I'm going to do, do it different. I'm going to start off with the voicemails because there's one and I've got a little follow up to it. She did not do what I asked her to do. Last night, but let me play this one for you. Yes, my name is Tawana Pickens, and I'll refer to you by a friend of mine, Doris Sutton. I want to ask the question. I'm looking for an attorney for my son, and um, you give me a call back at 470. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I forgot to edit out the phone number there. Okay. Uh, but that's it. I mean, that, that's the extent of the voicemail. So she, So I called her, and I spoke with her. And she's a very nice woman, and she didn't give me many details. I asked her to call back and give details, then I was going to connect her with you. I, I, I'm still, I still want to know how she got, a, how she found us, because she thought that voicemail was like the Manny Aurora Aurora Law Firm voicemail, <laughs> you know. So when I called her, she thought I was an attorney, and I said, "No, ma'am, I, I'm, I'm the, uh, you know, I'm the host of the show," and blah blah blah. And she's like, she didn't get it. She didn't understand. I was like, "Yeah, he's a guest. He comes on. He helps people out." Okay, so her friend, I guess, is a listener, gave her the phone number and just said, hey, call this. And then an attorney will Yeah, the Sutton, that Sutton name sounds familiar. I, I've seen that lady on our socials a lot. Oh, have you? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, excellent. So um, that's very, you know, I, it's just very little information for you, I know. Right. But you have to be pretty desperate for a murder case needing help, not to downgrade us or anything, but, you know. 
calling a podcast uh, hotline, you know, for for a murder case. That's a, that's a big to do. You you're desperate, aren't you? No. Well, I mean, I, I don't think it's desperate. If if her friend is a big listener of yours, is on social media, she said, "Hey, look it up." She may have just cut and pasted your number instead of my number, or they didn't, you know, Google us as far as that goes. But the point is, if they need us, we'll be there. We don't always charge an arm and a leg. Sometimes I've done some pro bono stuff. Like, you know, we did the one guy that had the armed robbery that was pending forever in DeKalb, mm-hmm. if you guys remember. And yeah. We got him uh, the case dismissed after they found out that he actually wasn't there and nobody investigated his alibi witnesses and all that. And uh, one of our lawyers, the one that just died a couple of weeks yeah. ago, she's the one that helped me out get all that done and his charges were dismissed. And he'd been sitting around for four years and he was about to go to trial for an armed robbery he didn't commit because... That's the system the government was going to push through, and he was looking at ten to life on that. When she, when she 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 died in a car accident, and yeah. she was coming back from that trial, right? No, she was coming back from not far from here because her parents lived near here. Oh, okay. They just had dinner on Friday night. I literally just talked to her about an hour earlier, and then some idiot was driving the wrong way on the interstate and hit her head on, and she just died at age thirty. Just turned thirty. That's crazy. Isn't that it horrible? Is. That's sad. Yeah, yeah it's very tragic. You got you got all defensive when I said that about the thing. I wasn't because trying to be disrespectful. Because we call him Mad Dog Manny. So if I was a listener of Why this show. Why are you yelling at me? I'm not yelling at you. But if I was a listener of this show and I had a good girlfriend who needed legal help, I'd say, hey, you need to call Mad Dog Manny. He gets the job done. Hmm. And then she's going to be like, oh, well, let me call him. Okay. And that's what happened. What's that, Brandon? Or a four fucks ducks is popping. Yeah, well, you know, we don't use that with Manny. We 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 four zero four three six nine thirty eight twenty five. We don't we don't use the uh, whatever it spells out. I forget what it spells out. But <laughs> That's good to know. Try to get some t shirts. Try, try to try to keep it a little classy for the Mad Dog when he comes in. Because <laughs> yeah, Mad Dog super classy. Uh, but when you talked to her, Jason, she didn't tell you any information. Now, like I said, it was a, a little hard to understand. Um, can you move over so I can get you in the camera shot? You know, that's why I put it there. I, I should have re- redone it before we started. But anyway, um, I spoke with her, and she's, she's she, I, th- I think she's kind of an older, um, <laughs> everybody rotate. She, she's, she's, she's kind of an, an older woman, um, and she just, she sounded desperate. Like, she just needed help. She didn't know where to turn. And her friend, kind of like what you're saying, her yeah. friend, you know, turned her on to us and, and, mm-hmm. and did that. And I felt bad for her. But, and I was like, hey, look, you know, she was preoccupied. There was something going on. And the phone wasn't all that. It was a lot of things going on. So I was like, all right, well, this is an uphill battle. I say, do me a favor. Call the voicemail back and answer, you know, some of these questions. And I she threw wasn't going to do that. You should let me call. Yeah. She, she, why? Because she's black, right? White guy can't talk no, to the black lady. No, because I can get information out of people. Hey, right, well, you call her. That's fine. Yeah. I, I was trying to get her on the show today, but she had to work. Because yeah. I was going to have her talk to Manny on the show. Oh, okay. See, I mean, that's that's the play, but she couldn't do it. She, to, she drives a bus or something. Anyway. <laughs> no, she does. She drives a bus. Cool. Why is that funny? The lady for a living drives a bus. It's not it, it just a bus or a train. One of the two. <laughs> Slight difference. Yeah, she drives something. She's a driver. She's not an Uber driver, but she's like a um. What's it? What's it called when you work for the city? Transportation. No, um, reciprocal purposes. Marta. No, 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 Marta. It's. So anyway, she, she works for the city. Uh, all right, here's a question for you, Manny. This is off the socials. Okay. Uh, I loaned my son, 16, my car. His friend did a hit and run, and now my car is on investigative hold. What are my options? The car was picked up at my house. No one was actually caught in the car. 
But now they want my son to go make a statement before they release the hold. What do I do to get my car back or should I let it go? My son did not have a driver's license either. Either. Well, first we need to know, is the hit and run like they hit a person or just a minor traffic accident, a one-car accident? There's a lot of details I need to know before I have the young man say anything. Mm -hmm. And I'd certainly want to know, did he loan him the car? Was he in the car? Was he involved in the car? Uh, Did they switch drivers? Just a lot of details to see before you'd make a statement because, as I always tell people, no fish ever gets caught by keeping its mouth shut. Um, In the end, they have to release the car. Its evidence is only so limited, right? Yeah. If there's a murder inside, they're going to keep it for a while to do DNA and all that stuff. But if it's just a simple accident left, they'll take pictures of it and they should release it. If not, you just get a lawyer and get a court order to get your car released because they don't need to be holding it for that long. Actually, that's not true. I think I've caught a fish in his gills before. I mean, it was an accident, but I think the hook went in his gills. But you get the the, point. Only he would have to ruin my analogy. But that's, you know, he it was got a the point. really good analogy <laughs> up until I had the deja vu of catching the fish in the gills. What if you hooked it in the tail? Then or in the tail. tail. Yeah, or just, you know, you do some of those little redneck chicks in Alabama that just put their hand in the, in the water and the damn catfish bites onto it and they pull it out. What's that oh, called? Noodling, like, yeah. Noodling. noodling, yeah. Those are the kind of girls Brandon likes. Those <laughs> noodle girls. Do catfish not have teeth? Uh, do they have teeth? Huh? It hurts. Yeah, they bite onto you. But I mean, it's, it's only like a like a little kitten biting you. It's not too bad. Little kitten. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have too many kitten bites. For yeah. I don't like to be scratched by a cat. Uh, well, you're not going to get scratched by a catfish. They're just going to noodle your arm, and those girls like it with a big old chaw on their lips. And then they go, "Hey, Brandon, baby, look at that. We got catfish for dinner." Okay. Let me pull you up and throw it on the grill. Voluntarily work here. Uh, (laughs) if I have a mandatory appearance, Orange County, California, but live here in Georgia, I can't afford to get there. It's from public uh, intoxication. What will happen to me? Just get a lawyer out there. Since it's a misdemeanor, most courts don't require you to appear. The lawyer can appear for you. Or the easiest thing is probably you can just pay the fine on a public intox. Mm -hmm. But just get one of the traffic lawyers or something like that out there and they can knock those things out. Do you have people call your office with some of these types of questions? Like, there's really no need for you to come in. Just let me tell you what you need to do. Yes, all the time. All the time? All the time. Because I don't want people to pay us for something they can do themselves. Because if it's... If I can actually make a difference in somebody's life or offer some value, then yes, hire me. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, we're not here to take your money just to take your money. I mean, that that's really simple stuff. In in that case, you could probably get a lawyer for five, six, seven hundred bucks, uh, depending on how bad the public intox was. And they can either get it dismissed, they can say you can take a couple of classes and it's dismissed, or you just pay a fine and you're done with it. You should do a tele-law. Is that a thing yet? Tele- telehealth? I'm sure there is. It's well, sort you just of like sit a, there like for an hour and answer questions, and then you get paid by you know advertisers on your website. That requires a lot of work. I mean, you work hard for this stuff. I can barely keep up with my legal stuff. That's all right. We'll, we'll go work it on it for you. We'll get Nikki D to do some stuff. <laughs> It'll be for like you. the verbal zoom. Uh, my my home was searched, and items were taken from my home. The reason for search was for suspected credit card th- fraud and stolen jewelry. But in that search, they found nothing of the sort, but supposedly found a pipe and some meth, one to four grams. Is this legal, even though they was, were, searching for something else? It's legal if they find it innocently in the search for something else. Like, for example, if they're searching for the credit cards, as it said, and assuming the search warrant is valid, I'm I'm guessing somebody probably snitched on them, and that's what the cops are saying, you know, got them the search warrant. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you can look through drawers in other places because you would expect to see credit cards and things like that out there. 
Um, and so if they find some meth in plain view, as far as that goes, when they're opening up the doors or going into places where they're allowed to go to look for the evidence that they're, they're looking for, then yes, you could be on the hook for it. Uh, there's some nuances with the law, but just talk to a lawyer because a meth charge is pretty serious because it's, you know, it's a felony and it's going to stay on your record. You could lose your driver's license if you get convicted of a drug offense, um, you know, for multiple years. So it doesn't matter what size the meth. It, it doesn't matter what size. The, the point is, if I was looking for, uh, say, a football helmet. I'm not going to go into your desk drawer to look for it because it couldn't possibly be there. And they opened it up and found some contraband. You would say, hey, there's no reasonable reason for you to be in that place. Right. So if I'm looking for credit cards and it's a small desk drawer and there happens to be a little baggie of meth, then you could potentially be in trouble. First and foremost, you got to figure out, did they even get into your house properly? And did somebody snitch on you? Or how exactly did they get what they call probable cause, which is next to nothing to get into your house? Ah, good stuff. All right. Uh, can a surgical team... Continue with procedure if the patient who is coherent tells them to stop. I have a question upon entering outpatient surgical center. I informed the nurse I wanted it to stop. They proceeded with IV in hand, which immediately was painful, achy, and burned. It brought me to tears. Immediately telling the anesthesiologist to stop, stop the medicine, he said, well, you don't want to go through this awake. I said, no, stop, stop the whole thing. But they did it anyway. That's a great question. That is a great question. I think I know the answer, but that's a good question. Well, it depends on what all they signed as far as their waivers, what they agreed to, and how far along the procedure is. It's not like you can be in the middle of an operation if it's outpatient or they're you know, working on your leg and you're still awake to say, stop. You can't just say, right. okay, here it is. Yeah. So we need a little bit more detail. And the next question is, why was the person freaking out? Because they've already been counseled, got appointments, multiple probably to set this thing up. There's probably a medical need for it. And then the question becomes, if the doctor doesn't do it and something bad happens because they needed the surgery, are they going to get sued that way or not? I'm thinking they were on something and the surgery, like the procedures started. And they're like in that, that weird space in their head. Right. And they're just like, ah, stop, stop, stop. You know, that, that. And then they go to sleep. Right. So those are the details that you need to do. I mean, is the person even really coherent or understanding what's going on? Um, you know, what happened leading up to them getting on the operating table, things of that nature. It sounded to me like it was in the, in the beginning stages when you're still coherent. Because if she's just getting her IV put in, then she's not out of it that much. So they were just now putting the medicine in her and it started to burn. So I think that's why she told them to stop because now she's super nervous. She feels like they don't know what they're doing. I've been, I've, I've, had, I've, I've felt that way before. In yeah, the surgery? Going into surgery. I mean, I didn't tell them to stop, but I'm always really, really scared. So what I do is I just talk until I just die. Right. That's the thing. I always get scared. Like, is this really going to work? Are they not going to know I'm passed out and start cutting? But they put the IV in when you're weighing the waiting area before they wheel you through there. And then they just stick the needle into the. Not my doctor. They didn't do anything to me in the waiting room. Well, not the waiting room, but you know the pre-op the area pre-op. where oh, you the lay pre-op. there. Yeah, they yeah. put all the stuff in yeah. you with the holes, and yeah. then they just mm-hmm. stick the stuff when you get there. And half the time, I don't know what the hell's going on. But, I mean, I guess the doctor has to make a call. If there's some injury to this person, maybe they can make a claim. But The last time I had uh, an anesthesi- anesthesiologist was my um, uh, the prostate thing, the, the prostate uh, exam or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And they put you out. And... Uh, the, we you, you go into the the area before you go into the area, and the anesthesiologist comes up to me and he and he says uh, he starts asking me a bunch of questions. And I'm answering the questions and I forget which which one of them I I answered honestly. And he goes, "Ooh, 
And I was like, what does that mean? He goes, yeah, if you've done that in the week, we can't give you any anesthesia. And I said, well, I'm not going through this without it. He goes, yeah, you might have to push back your... Now, remember, this was a year ago, uh, a little over a year ago when I got fired and I was using my insurance you know, oh, for, the, yeah. for the thing. And I was like, no, it's got to be done today. And he goes, all right, I'll let it go. And I'm like... <laughs> What? <laughs> Let, that explains a lot. There's no brain damage there. Go. I go, letting it go. What are you letting go? Like, hold on. I was kind of joking about this whole thing. Like, am I going to die? But it was it was kind of very nonchalant. Like, he was very serious at first. He goes, you know, man, we can't have you do this because of whatever it was. And then he goes, oh, we'll let it go. <laughs> do your colonoscopy. Please. Yeah, the colonoscopy. That's what it was called. <laughs> uh, will my mother be punished when she did not assist uh, to her boyfriend's actions? Can someone please help me? My mother's boyfriend recently tried to use my mom's truck. The truck is in her name to smuggle people into the United States. She obviously said no, but he went around her back and did it anyway. No surprise, he was caught. Will my mom have any problems by the law with this? Wow. <laughs> Never in a million years did I ever think I'd get that one. <laughs> well, she's definitely going to get questioned by the law, but she should be fine if the guy you know, took it without her permission and if they're living together and he has access to the keys. It shouldn't be an issue. So let's just say, for conversation's sake, they live here in town. They live in Georgia. <laughs> Honey, can I borrow your car? I got some friends that are trying to cross the border. I got to go down to Mexico. No. I told you we're not smuggling immigrants into the United States. <sighs> what a bitch. She goes to bed. <laughs> the guy drives down. <laughs> I mean, they seriously need the money if he's down to one car. That's just the oddest thing ever. <laughs> Pretty good money, though, smuggling Mexicans across the, what across do you, the border. What do you get for a person, Brandon? Do you know? I know they pay crazy amounts. They pay, like, you know, eight grand, you know, depending. They got to pay the werewolf. Not the werewolves. They call them the wolves, though. Those Is are, like, the coyotes? Mexicans on the Mexican side. Yeah, coyotes. There you go. Are there yeah. white coyotes? The albino coyote? No, I think they're I think they're all Mexican, and they just keep them in these like trap houses and like right on the border, and they send them over. But they pay crazy amounts. I had a buddy that uh, I mean, I guess he was a buddy. He worked at the sprinkler company with me, and he would pay like a couple grand to get over across the border, and he'd like be bribing the the border patrol with like cocaine and granola bars so he can get across. Well, okay. well, he's getting questions soon, <laughs> Brandon. There'll be a knock at your door in about thirty minutes. Our our, our newest subscriber uh, is Ice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, granola bar will get them every time. You know, if you're gonna let somebody cross, you know, gonna, you you know a lot about this. Is it is it because of your buddy in the the sprinkler business, or are you investing in? <laughs> it's alleged, buddy. Mexicans. I've worked with a lot of amigos that you know, not per se legal. You know, mm -hmm. they kind of just hopped over, so they tell me all the stories about how they got here and stuff. And then they say the crazy thing is when they go back home, it's like this, uh, it's like this methed out driver on this bus. He's like got it to the floor the entire time. And he just picks up Mexicans on the way and they make like a loop and they just go down from like North Carolina and Georgia and Alabama, Mississippi, just picking up Mexicans and taking them back. And they don't give a shit. You just drive right across. They're like, all right, well, that saved us trouble of deporting your asses. <laughs> Can we get this guy on? This guy's great. He sounds like a blast to talk to. How do you reach him? Uh, okay, let me get you in uh, your last voicemail here. Hey, man, this is uh, Chris. I've got a, an interesting one. Um, so this is not about me, but it's about a buddy of mine. His friend is uh, his friend was a woman worked for her uh, in-laws, her husband's family. Um, 
she ended up getting a divorce from her husband. They, it was not a pleasant divorce. Everyone lawyered up and got angry. Uh, they had a custody battle for their children. Um, the family who – the husband's parents eventually, they say, told her, you need to drop the custody stuff or else. She didn't. She fought for it. Ends up, after that was over, they started saying that because she worked for the company before that she was stealing money from the company. And what they did was they took receipts, which her and her family, including the husband's parents, were taking vacations using the company money. My guess is to get write-offs for taxes, but they were doing it that way. And they claimed that she stole all that money because she was the office assistant who wrote all the checks. Uh, to top all that all off, she actually has some sort of cancer, and it's like they don't know how long she's going to live for, but now she's been sentenced to 10 years in prison. And it just seems like some, it's something either off with the story I've been told, because it seems almost stupid that they were able to get away with this, or did she just have a crappy lawyer, or is this the type of thing that's almost impossible to prove one way or another, so she went to jail. Uh, thanks. That's a good one. That's a detailed one, too, huh? Right. So it's like he was here. <laughs> the, the issue is here with the vacations that the family took. Did the family pay for those vacations with, like, a company credit card? Because if she's writing the checks, I'm not aware of how, how do you write checks to somebody else on their vacation. But there's got to be some link saying that she wrote the checks and somehow it ended up in her account or in a third party's account that she's familiar with where she would have benefited from him. So there's got to be a straight paper trail coming back to her. You can accuse people of just about anything, but in financial crimes, the beauty is you're pretty much in trouble because there's going to be a paper trail. Mm -hmm. So whether she had a crappy lawyer or not, or a good DA, whether she went even went to trial, we don't know that. If she took a plea, that's different. But there must have been a fair amount of money if she's been in jail for at least 10 years on a theft mm -hmm. uh, theft charge. For that's finances. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, usually theft charges cap out at 10 years. Um, so a few more details that we need to know because there's got to be a trail back to her. And then also, did she plead guilty or go to trial and lose? I want to know what the relationship is with that guy. It was almost like it was... Uh, like I thought a, he was with the guy and not the girl, but now he's sympathetic for the girl that's it sounds 10 like, years. He's like a third party to he this. Is. He is. He said it's my friend's buddy's situation. Right. And he's like very into the story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to know that I'm trying to get advice, but I'm really into my buddy's story. Yeah. Well, if he gives us the name on the next voice message and what county it's in, we can punch it up on the show next time I'm here and we can just look at it and get, I can get you a lot more details about what happened. All right. Uh, someone throws a rock at your car. Can you legally shoot back? Throwing a rock at someone's car is projecting a deadly missile. My question is, if someone throws something at your car in a road rage incident that can injure you or your passengers, is it legal to shoot back to protect yourself? Well, being the person, unfortunately, I argued before the Supreme Court years and years ago for the whole self-defense law when we had a white police officer shoot and kill, unfortunately, a young black person, uh, the officer... We got it all taken care of on his behalf, and it changed the laws with regards to um, self-defense. Self-defense is very subjective, right? So if I throw something at your car, that part of the case is done. 
you can defend yourself if you feel that there's an ongoing threat. So if you're on the highway and somebody throws something at your car and speeds off and is gone, and then you chase them and start shooting at them, there's not really a threat that you're defending yourself from. It's got to be an ongoing threat. So if they stay next to you and they're still picking up other things to throw at you or you could possibly get hurt, then yes, I think you'd be fine. I wouldn't recommend it because if you miss and hit somebody else on that interstate, you're going to be on the hook for a lot of stuff. But still the stand your ground rule. It's stand your ground. If stand your ground generally means that you have no place else to go, or right. you're at your house, you're protecting your castle, whatever, and they're coming at you. Uh-huh. If somebody tries to break into your house and you wake up, and then they start running away from the house and they're down the street, you can't chase them and shoot them, right? We, we just sort of went through that last summer with the Aubrey trial, those kinds of things. It's got to be an immediate threat that's ongoing to you. Otherwise, we could all just shoot at anybody we didn't like. Mm. I mean, I could punch you in the face and start running away. You don't get to chase me and shoot me. I mean, the threat is over. Right. But if I punch you in the face, knock you down, and say, no, I'm going to kick your ass, you pull out your gun and shoot me, that's reasonable because I'm coming after you. Yeah, uh, The only Very reasonable. reasonable <laughs> issue is, can you escalate a fisticuffs to a gun based on how serious it is. I mean, if Bruce Lee's attacking you, yes. But if Manny Orr's attacking you, unless I've got, like, hands of Rocky Balboa, I'm probably not going to hurt you, and you may have over-escalated the whole situation. So in a stand-your-ground situation, and there is a difference between stand-your-ground and the castle doctrine, correct? Right. Castle doctrine is just for your house, but the stand-your-ground follows you anywhere where your person is threatened, threatened. and it's got to be an ongoing continuing threat right and you can't bring a, a gun to a knife fight and a knife to uh well a whip you fight. can if you feel like you could really actually get hurt but if nikki's out here punching on you and you feel like she can kill you with her punching i do um then arguably you know you could do that or maybe her nails as yeah. she's pointing out here <laughs> <laughs> it's all super subjective, but she's got to keep coming at you. She can't just do something and then retreat and walk away. And then you say, oh, I got to. It's like, you know, an offsides penalty. You don't get a free play where you can just shoot him and say, you started it. Everybody yeah. will say you're a punk, though, if you shoot me because I'm punching you. No, they'd, they'd understand. No, they think you were a punk. No, I, I think they'd get it. Brandon, they'd get it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd shoot Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> A lot Are of love you kidding here. me? <laughs> Damn, Brandon. The, the the threat is there, like without doubts, the threat is oh, there. Yeah, yeah the, absolutely. All right, here. Uh, the only reasonable person here is Ron Mexico, and he's not here. So I would like <laughs> to see what he had to say. I need new coworkers. Ron Mexico, uh, my fiance of five years that I live with was arrested for having my prescription medication on him. He is my main caretaker, and I was with him. Can I show the courts? that it was my prescription and they will drop the charges. Most likely, yes. Uh, it would certainly help if it was in the actual prescription bottle that you get from the pharmacy mm. versus in a baggie because you never know who's selling who's Adderall. It seems to be very popular in the Buckhead female scene to help lose weight. But, um, yeah, if it's in the bottle and all those kinds of things and she has a prescription, there's no way that case is going forward. I think Adderall lets you drink more alcohol too, doesn't it? I'm not sure about that. Uh, there was a drug a girl used to date, used to take, like one of those, you know, middle-aged white girl drugs. Um, and it, it wouldn't, I could have swore it was My Adderall. wife calls it red wine. Well, Adderall, <laughs> you don't even want to drink water when you take that. You like, I, when I did that years ago, I completely forgot that I even needed food or water to live. I didn't put anything in my mouth. Well, what, what is it? It's like a, 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 Lord have mercy, suppressant. So it makes you not hungry. You don't be thirsty. Like, you don't even think about eating. I don't even know how that works. Oh. Adderall? It's like meth. Pretty much meth. Yeah, it helps you lose weight. 
that's why it's really popular. And so a lot of ladies are taking their kids Adderall because every kid's on Adderall, right? Especially in the affluent parts of the world. Oh, I need to drop about 10 LBs. You don't throw up. Uh, drink Adderall? No, no, no. You, drink, you eat, eat the Adderall and then you drink beer and you won't throw up. Or liquor. Uh, that's what that's what I was saying. I the the a girl I dated years and years ago. I could have swore it was Adderall because I wasn't familiar with the drug. And she says that her her and her friends will take it so they can drink longer. Yep, that's true. It'll oh. help you. Okay, so it was Adderall. I want you to call the guy that started that experiment to say, "Yeah, let me see what happens if I do this." That would be interesting. Exactly. I was. It actually turned me off. I go, "Oh man, you're a drug." You know, because I've never been a drug guy. I was like, "Oh, you're a drug." <laughs> God, why can't I find one that's just normal? You know, why why do I always have to find a girl that has to take something for something to take something for something? Because uh, you live in America, baby. That's I know. what the pharmacies are for and the pharmaceutical company. It was, well, you know, uh, Ron Mexico, as you referred to Nate, down there, the pharmacia, you can get anything. Right. There's, it's it's good stuff, especially if you get like a tummy ache that I've had down in Mexico. You go in there and get it, mm-hmm. none of that prescription stuff, and it works way better than anything I've ever taken. I mean, we were feeling 100% the very next day. I mean, it's good stuff. Yeah, you feel like you're getting, you know, it's like, oh, I can't go to the pharmacy in Mexico. This is, you know, because we're programmed to think if it's not sold here in the United States that it's bad. But all that stuff is top notch. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's the same company selling it it's out the, there at, the same at a fraction company. of yeah. the cost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the food is not processed down there. Right. Tastes better. It tastes better. So you don't have all. Yeah. And and like both Nate and his wife have lost. Like they look fantastic. They're not doing anything different other than living. It's just amazing that uh, all the food. Okay. So when this trial's done today. Yes. Do you have one already like already ready to go? Well, in theory, we're number three on Monday. The judges are jamming us up on a big armed robbery um, in Gwinnett County with multiple defendants and stuff. So. It looks like we might be ready, so my weekend shot the heck again. So it's going to be four straight weeks of work every night, every weekend. Really? That's life. Yeah. So you just always have a, a case. Uh, you know. No, we do maybe one or two trials a year at most because they're bigger trials. It's just after COVID and post this, it's just cases are getting so old um, that they're just stacking you up. And it's not whether you can be prepared. You just got to find the time to be ready. Nobody cares. Remember the standard under the constitution isn't a good lawyer. It's just a lawyer Mm -hmm. Um, prepared or not is all subjective. Any of those cases during the the pandemic, the judges just go, look, we're so backed up as is it's not even worth it. Just, just go home. Uh, No, No. not in this political world. As far as that goes, that that just doesn't happen. Okay. Not happening. Thought that uh, some people might get off the hook. With some things. They might get a plea bargain from the prosecutor, but if it's anything serious, you can forget about it. All that stuff about, oh, we're letting all these people out of jail, that, that's the biggest load of, no offense, but BS. Yeah, no. That you'll heard, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't yeah, that what it, Biden did? Didn't he say, like, if you if you got popped for weed, I'm letting you out? Yeah, weed, that's different than armed robbery right. or anything else. It's the minor stuff where it's no big deal. It's popular sentiment. They'll say, okay, do it. But if it's anything that's got even a remote amount of controversy or requires a spine to make a decision... Oh, no, we can't do that. We should have done that. It's weed. People for years and years have always said that from the right and from the left. It's like we're because we have more people in jail in this country than anyone else in the world. And we have more people in jail in this country for misdemeanor marijuana charges than any other crime. It's ridiculous. Uh, At least that's the statistic I heard. Felony marijuana, not misdemeanor. Misdemeanor, you you don't go to jail. Felony is just an ounce. I mean, one thing I try to tell judges and prosecutors when they say it's an ounce is like, do you go to Costco? 
you know, people that smoke a lot buy in bulk so they can buy it a little cheaper so you're not going out every three days to buy marijuana. Uh, I mean, it, this the reality's out there. So the Jeff Sessions of the world, which are great for my business, mm. I mean, just a few years ago, they were like anti-marijuana up and down, if you remember. Oh, yeah. And so depending on who's president next, we might go back to where we started. Well, you know, it, it, if, if people can get off their moral high horse and their ethics there and i use both those words in quotes yeah, by ethics the way. is a very loose term uh, uh, you know it, it's when money becomes involved you know drugs and gambling are are, are in bed together in my opinion they, they live in the same house because you know for years gambling was taboo it was taboo it's going to bring in the whores and the drugs and the whores and drugs but as soon as on paper you know the seminal indians come to you and say we're going to give you a billion dollars a year or the Cherokee Reservation and their tribal council comes to you and says, we will be giving the state uh, uh, the X amount of dollars in the millions, right? Your ethics, again, loose term, morals, loose term, they all kind of change. It's not even the state money. It's the donations to your campaign to get reelected that yep. help you change your morals. Like in Alabama, if they're supposed to be super right-wing and Christian and all that, but you got dog tracks, you got all that other mm-hmm. kind of stuff, so... Hypocrisy is a part of our lives. Don't get me started. I mean, bingo at church. You know, the the lottery is the purest form of gambling. The lottery, the Georgia lottery, the Florida lottery. You know, that just keeps mostly, that's what poor people generally do. So if you're an affluent person who's got a smart kid that can afford the good grades in the Georgia lottery, the poor are paying for your kids to be educated for free, essentially, because when you look at the numbers and where the tickets are being sold, uh, you know, we sort of see that when we go into our communities to help people and do that kind of stuff. Well, because it represents hope. Right. Yeah. And they're the ones spending all the money that they don't have to buy these lottery tickets, hoping they'll hit it big. Man, exactly. It's it's all a big work, people. I'm telling you, it's big work. Be smarter than the world. All right. Uh, the hotline, if you do ever want to leave a question for Manny, the, the second guy was really good. I mean, as detail-oriented as he possibly could be. Uh, but you can leave a number, too, and we can give you a call back and have you back uh, and have you on with Manny. If, if you want, 404-369-3825. That's 404-369-3825. TheAuroraLawFirm.com. That is the website for Manny Aurora. TheAuroraLawFirm.com. A-R-O-R-A. LawFirm.com. And all that information is linked off of our website, PodcastTheBS.com. Best of luck. You look great. If anything, you're going to get an award for the best dress today. Well... That's a Purick victory, but I might have to take it, depending on how things go. What is this little red tree? Um, it's supposed to be like a piece of coral, oceans and plastic and all that kind of stuff. Coral? I thought does, it was a cat. Does it represent something, like good luck or something? No, it's just, you know. This looks nice. Awareness. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's uh, the red. The, he, wants, he wants red because red is, you know, that's wow. a thing. If you see a dog with a red collar, it's supposed to be a warning, don't get near my dog. I did not oh, know that. I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. Just like blue pumpkins uh, during Halloween, don't come to my house. There's a pedophile. Did you know that too? Wow, no clue. Yeah. I didn't know that. Right? There's is a it, pedophile that lives there? Isn't that the uh, a pedophile puts out a blue pumpkin? Or right. no, they're allergic. They might be allergic to peanuts. One of the two. No. Yeah. Lights <laughs> off. Don't come to my house. I'm a pedophile. Blue pumpkin. Don't give me peanuts because I'm a uh, or, or we're, we won't give you peanuts. It's, I might be getting them mixed up, but they're they're. Where is this code? I, I've never heard of. I keep my lights off because I don't want the kids. I'm just. I'm, well, they think you're a pedophile, <laughs> <laughs> so you might want to leave a light on. <laughs> it's like, oh, that attorney, <laughs> something wrong with him. Watching Thursday night football. Be gone, child. You don't need any more candy. <laughs> All right, the, the Aurora. What's that? 
real quick? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So if uh, how long if the cops have a search warrant, um, how long can you keep them at your door before you let them in? And second, can the cops get a search warrant for your septic tank? They can get a search warrant for your septic tank. I don't know if we need to get farther into that conversation because that's a little frightening. Um, if there's probable cause for some illegal activity in your septic tank, then yes, they can get it. And if they're at your door, they come in. I mean, I guess you could try to stall them, but they have a right to be there. So you don't want to get charged with obstruction by trying to keep them out. Why? Okay. Why, 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 and why? I just had a friend that had a situation where, you know, he just, you know, if the cops show up, he just flushed everything. Get rid of some things. Yeah, he might have to get rid of it. But if, if he doesn't have a septic tank, if it's a sewer, I mean, it's just go to sewer, right? You're fine. You're good to go, right? Yes, because there's no way to prove it came from your place. No. But he does have a septic tank. Uh, you know, I'll have to check with him. I can't remember if it's a septic or it's sewage. Bring bring the old caterpillar out. Let's be, let's dig up that some bitch. It's got to be a lot of drugs if they're going to dig up a septic tank. That's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, how many drugs are we talking here? Uh, you, you know, give or take like a pound of weed. Don't worry about it. Just tell him to call me if it's a pound of weed. I, I got you. It's that's not an issue. Don't mess up your plumbing. It'll cost you more in plumbing than paying me. Yeah, how do you flush a pound of weed? Like pills, I get, but a pound of weed—that's that's tough. You just rip it open, you pour it down the toilet, and you flush it. Yeah, Not you, that hard. You gotta have a good toilet, though. You know, mine downstairs. I'd have a little weed left over. You know, <laughs> just Pull float it back up, float it on the top. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll talk to you soon, there, Manny Aurora. Hold up! Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross Georgia showroom location. Let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters U-C-I, the word granite.com. Look, I know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business. That's what this is. What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide-format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, and apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS Podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. CreateGraphics.net. That's C-R-E-A-T-E. G-R-A-P-H-I-X dot net or 770-369-9962. That's 770-369-9962. Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project will get a one-on-one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an X dot net. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now.
If you like what you hear then get a full 7 days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastabs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you Jason. Who else did I leave out? Going back to uh podcast employees too. Brandy was there. I only saw her for like a minute. Yeah, I saw her in the VIP for a while. She was talking to my wife, but I started mingling with the other listeners. And yeah, I didn't see where she, when she left. Didn't see Lindsay. No, her son was sick, so she didn't want to come. <laughs> what an excuse. Yeah, that COVID excuse again. The other Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay and Patrick were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Um, Brandon was there. Def Bra- August. Bra- Brandon Def August, yeah. I, I mentioned that. Just trying to make sure I'm pointing out. You know, Nikki D, uh, I don't know what she was dressed as, but she, like, took her, like, four hours to do the makeup. I, I don't... It made her look real sad, too. It, I, I was just getting ready to say that. <laughs> every picture, every time I saw her and every picture that you see, she looks miserable. I think that was her character. <laughs> miserable Muppet? I can't remember. I have to find the name of the... Looked like it was something from Disney or something. I don't know. I, I think it's from. Um, well, we she had McKenzie do it. You know, we used to work with McKenzie, and if you know who she is on social media, she's got thousands and thousands of followers. Oh, millions, millions and millions of followers because of her makeup stuff. She's been featured on Good Morning America. She's way talented. I, I just don't know if it four hours, three hours of makeup to come to our party, and you looked miserable. And then what do you do when you go home? You got to. Gonna take it off, right? Yeah, she was um, Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, like, Nikki, it looks great, but you look real sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that's the character the, on the movie. Uh, okay. That's what she looks like. She kind of pointless a little bit too, right? Well, you guys just haven't seen the movie, so no, no, no. I'm saying pointless to go through three or four hours oh. of makeup to go to a, a party that was. Now, granted, the party was uh, four hours, fourish hours, but. Then you got to, like, at the end of the night, you're tired and you got to take off all the, I mean, that's a lot of makeup. It's like when you, if you know how to, you know, you, you're a good bake, baker person mm. and you put together this beautiful cake and then when you eat it, there's like a feeling of sadness because you're, you're destroying your art. You know? So yeah. it's like, was it worth it? Was it worth all that time to do that? So, I don't know. Maybe not. Well, hell, Nate started on his makeup. He said, ah, screw it. Take it off. Yeah, I know. I was. I saw him. That's why I was like, "You coming with me?" He's like, "Now I got to finish my makeup." Then he shows up without makeup, and he's like, "Some <laughs> German beer guy." Instead, I was like, "Okay." Like, yeah, didn't know you had a backup Halloween costume. I did. I didn't know if I have enough time. And my wife started doing my makeup, and then she was. We were running out of time, and so I didn't want her to not be able to have hers done. So I was like, "I got a backup costume. You just get yours done, so you feel comfortable there." So. You, I was more comfortable, too, just wearing a German outfit. What were you again, Brandon? You were like a blow-up alien guy? Yeah, I was, a, I, was a, I was getting carried off by an alien. Getting carried off. Getting butt, butt probed. There, there's a uh, viral video of, I don't know why it's viral, but I mean, it's a cool Halloween getup. Don't get me wrong, but the lady's like, this is the best Halloween costume ever, and she's like, she doesn't get it, and he starts to put it together, and he's. it looks like he's being carried by like a hazmat guy and he can you know the way that he's made the costume he's walking obviously right but he can just put his head back and it looks like he's being carried mm-hmm. it was pretty cool kind of like what your costume was you know the two-person type of deal def august was good as Dahmer. yeah yeah 
disrespectful to the families, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if anybody said anything to him. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of Dahmers this Halloween. Now, we didn't have any kids come to the doors, Dahmer, but there, there's a lot of Dahmers. There was, I guess, in our neighborhood, you know, we had a handful of kids come to the door, but, I, you know, we were in the, our neighborhood's got a Facebook thing or whatnot, and um, there was a car that was going to people's houses that were leaving bowls of candy outside and stealing the bowls of candy. Really? Yeah. Some teenagers? <laughs> I don't know. I would assume so. Or a bunch of diabetics. If I weren't so damn tired and I wasn't watching the football game Monday night, I was going to go downstairs and try to lure them in. Yeah. <laughs> Put some dog poopy in it. Nah, I just stand on the side with a bat and then, when, you know, hide in the bushes. And then when they when they get it and they try to run away, I just cap them in the uh, knees. Oh, I'd put a bunch of dog poop in it and then put some Snickers over it. So when they dump Ooh. the bowl in their bag, then all their candy is contaminated. That's, <laughs> I, you know, I, I learned uh, one of the big kid tricks when I was a younger kid and had it done to me is that if you, you the kids that use just, well, probably do, doesn't exist anymore, but um, the kids that use brown bags as their pumpkins for candy, you know, they didn't have a pumpkin. So they just have a brown shopping bag from the grocery store. Oh, like a plastic bag. No, 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 no. A brown bag. Like the, the like a paper bag. Paper bag. Yeah. A paper oh. bag. Oh, that's a rookie mistake. You don't use paper with a bunch of candy, but why? Because it'll break. Okay, well, it, it actually holds the candy really well. But what the big, this one Halloween, I probably like seven years old or something, we're going around my buddy's neighborhood. kid, Jeremy Ogle's neighborhood. And his brother was older, and I think his brother's friends did this. Um, they put ice cubes in the bags. <laughs> and they followed them until it got soft and the candy would fall out. <laughs> Pretty brilliant, huh? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Kids like it wasn't me. I, I had a I had a black uh, a, pa, a plastic ba- uh, pumpkin, but uh, some of the kids that you know had the bag because they thought it was cool. You know, it's like, I'm not getting punk guys want fucking candy, you know that kind of thing. So anyway, I just want to leave anybody out. But it, and I don't think I mentioned too in the first segment um, on our social media, especially our Facebook page. There's a bunch of pictures and video, and uh, what was the company? Whisper Whisper Wins. Um, let me checks so i don't get it wrong but there was uh, the production company that was out there did a fantastic job of taking pictures and doing video and uh we're sharing a lot of their stuff um whisper hill studios whisper hill studios so that was the guy in the pink like bunny outfit yeah i think so yeah and the girl with like the the, the red shirt and the overalls or something so they did a very 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 good job okay success we can move on uh, i you guys want to hear what my next idea for podcast and pours is? Sure. It might, yeah, not, yeah. it might not happen, but this is my vision. I got uh, some ideas too. I was, I was talking to Brian uh, from the Verve Pite about, about this. And he's like, count me in. I was like, we just had you. We don't need you. Again. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I want to do, uh, this is an idea that I, I have on paper that I pitched probably 15 years ago to the main guy at all the house of blues. Like, I don't know if he still is, but at the time he was a big deal in the industry. And th- this, you know, 15 years ago was before podcasting really. Right. So it was more of just a stage thing. And I think I added in like, Oh, we record it. And this, you know, that when that was kind of weird at the time, but this would be um, doing the podcast on stage with an artist that does a handful of acoustic songs an intimate setting, it would be 
you know, not a big crowd, you know, not like a crowd that we had this past weekend, but just a, you know, t- table seating. And, um, and then I w- we would, I would interview them. Uh, and then we did, they do the songs and then we talk about the songs, kind of like a storytellers type of deal, okay. but it's in podcast form. So I'm kind of taking the storytellers meets unplugged to what Kevin Smith does. With the the, the, smodcast, the, the live smodcasts. I'm taking those three. But I want to do a series of these. So I want to do like eight, nine, or ten of them, book them all in advance, and put them all together and release them as a season. Like, so, oh, so people would come to watch it? Yeah, people would for, come. For yeah, all of them. yeah, we would sell tickets to, you, you would come, and the, your ticket would include dinner or whatever the case may be. So it'd be like this package that you'd, you'd purchase to come out and watch this event. Uh, I just, I've always liked the storytellers. I've always liked a good interview with an artist that, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, e- you know, even with us or me, uh, and I have all the time in the world. I mean, I try the, the, the most simplistic questions for guests are usually the best. Like you never get away from the basics. Um, at one time, and maybe still, I guess, in, in a lot of people's eyes in radio, it's kind of shunned upon, you know, to ask the simple questions like, how did you come up with the name of the band? And this and now, granted, a lot of this information you can find out on your own on Google. So what you're doing is you're digging for the stories that have never been told before. Uh, but the the story's never been told before the way that they're telling it right now to you. So that's always going to be different. And and there there was a podcast I had uh idea years and years and years ago. I forget what it was called, but I did a demo for it and it was not very good. But the idea I thought was pretty cool. And actually the conversation so I called on my buddy Brad from Three Doors Down, Brad Arnold, and I said, Hey, would you do this demo for me? He said, Yeah. So you know, when I've interviewed Brad a million times over and, but I'd never asked him simple questions and he would tell, he told me stories about some of the songs, um, you know, their big hits. I was blown away. I never knew, like I never even read about stuff like some of the stories he was telling. Like he was telling me how one of their songs was actually, they did it for the movie Poseidon, but then they got bumped the last minute and, and how many people come up to them about this other song that are cancer survivors. I mean, just like really interesting stuff. So to be on stage with the artist, you know, have the pot, have the set up like a late night talk show and have a couch and they perform the song. They come over, we talk, it'd be like about an hour long. I think that's cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd yeah. Be fun. And I want to do a series of these, you know, so even if I have to do back to back nights like or back to back in one night, so one night you would have artist A, and then when they're done, we would do artist B. Right. Yeah. Maybe. So you're like, kind of like shooting for TV. Maybe at like a city winery type place. Well, you don't. Mike Neal from Tannery Row is going to want to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was can, just I thinking that right now. I was just thinking where they do the kind of intimate. You know, I think Tannery Row is like a party place, but I was thinking more of an intimate, you know, fancy type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another person I need to thank for uh, podcast and pours too is my partner Mike Neal. At Tannery Row and his staff. Oh, they're great. Heather and everybody over there. Mike's awesome. They 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 just like I could have not I, I could have done any of this without him. And I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to meet with them. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to work with them. And you know, I want to work with him again. He wants to work with us again. And uh it was just such an easy partnership. It was there was no 
It was just, okay, yes, let's do it. It was just, it, it, I forgot what it's like to work with somebody that sees the positives. Yeah. You know, just, that's at, not uh, shutting it down at, at every angle. Every idea or event that I pitched at that radio station, I would sit in a room and I would hear every reason why we could not do it. And, and it would come from people that shouldn't even be opening their mouths. Maybe next year. A little fucking fat, nerdy production guy. Always open his mouth. It's like, dude, why are you even in this room? Like, you have no say. Yeah, I understand you go back to a station that you still think is cool from fucking 30 years ago. You know, go fucking jerk off to your digital museum, you tool. You know, and, and, and he's like, well, don't talk to me about my shit. Like, you have nothing to do with you. You're a prod guy. You're a fucking nerd. You know? Yeah. So, like, that, he, just, he would always be the first guy. Well, back in the day, this is how we... Who the fuck cares about your back in the day? Take your back in the day and shove it in your dickhole, man. <laughs> like, I'm, it's like, oh, broaden your mind, man. Think about the future. Think about the present. I know you still wear your shirts. By the way, they don't fit because you all got fat. You know, it's like, stop. Just stop. But it's nice. It was, I worked with people... That everything was positive. Yes, we can do this. And even the things that maybe we couldn't do or we didn't do, there was a reason for them. Yeah, like they'd figure, or at least figure out an a alternative uh, solution to it. Yeah, it was great. Such a great experience. So thank you guys over there. What was your idea for the next one? Oh, I'd just like to start doing some, um, maybe like, I was thinking for a couple different ones, like maybe uh, some kind of tailgate, depending on what season it is. Like, I'll, we all meet up for a Falcons tailgate or a Braves or whatever. Yeah. Uh, maybe we could do a beer fest or some kind of beer crawl type of thing. That's a good idea. We all meet, you know, for just for instance, like in downtown Roswell or something, and we, we're all going to be here, and then we're going to kind of, you know, we're going to go to this place for an hour, and then this place for an hour, just, just kind of like mingling type things. I think that'd be fun. And eventually, I think it'd be really cool if we did a cruise, and then you guys came down to see me, and I could come hang out with y'all. That'd be the cruise to Nate. Yeah. <laughs> Cruising to see Nate. <laughs> Maybe I'll ride back. Can I, can I hop on halfway through the cruise? We're going to pick up Nate on the way back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we have a Mexican stowaway. That's a great idea. <laughs> cruises are a little tough. You know, I, I can I can talk to Tom and Dan about that because they, they do cruises with, with their audience in the podcast world. They do a lot of this cool stuff. They've partnered up with uh, a lot of local, like, um, art festivals and beer festivals and stuff like that, and they're always out there. I, I, I need to, yeah, I, if I can find some more time in my day, I, I, I need to, to figure out how to do that as well. But, uh, yeah, so that that's one of the things that I, I agree, you know, just kind of the meetups or, hey, Saturday we're going to be out there or we're going to be doing this and hanging out and do a quick recording or something, yeah, and even something if like it's, that. Yeah, even if it's something else, like, yeah. I, mean, I mean, you know, they do tons of different events around Atlanta, but, like, uh, when they were doing a live in Roswell, like, hey, we're yes. going to meet up this Thursday at this one. And, you know, just so I, I like the camaraderie of our, our group and our listeners and, I think it's really cool when people become friends specifically from listening to us. So I think I, I, I would love if that could be built up more. Yeah. The, the Tom and Dan just, the, these are friends that we've had on the podcast and I actually look at them as kind of mentors to be honest with you. Cause they've had, so they were podcasting before podcasting was podcasting, very successful. And, and uh, it's a mediocre time with Tom and Dan, if you want to find them. Uh, it's a fantastic pod uh, podcast, the, the, the fantastic product that they're putting out. But they just did a, a beach retreat for their BDMs, which is like our two percenters. Mm -hmm. 
And um, big dick millionaires. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> which, by the way, that's I, I don't know the whole backstory, but I believe I, I think I know that's kind of started out how our two percenters started out. Very similar with a little yep. jab, you know, and I think I know who they they're jabbing. And uh, so, yeah, so 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 that was the video from that looks pretty cool. But, you know, they had like 20 of their, you know, their their diehards and they're at the beach and they're grilling out and they're drinking and yeah. they're having a blast. Yeah. Yeah. See, they, they do beer fest and yeah. things that yeah, they, they throw some cool events. Well, if I can get some help, if I can find somebody to help me with that, I'd be more than happy to do it. But I just need some help. Please need some help. I don't yeah. know who I don't know who's going to help me, but somebody needs to help me. All right. Uh, Black Adam. Have you guys seen this yet? The yeah, new rock movie? No? You guys plan on seeing it? Yeah, no, probably not. Okay, no interest? Not really. I, I just not, I'm not a big uh, comic book movie guy. I don't know the, all the storylines. So okay. I can watch them. It's like the Star Wars movies. Like, I can watch them and enjoy them. I just don't know all the backstories and stuff like that. Okay. Is, uh, it, is it worth seeing? Are you a DC or Marvel guy? Neither. I, I know nothing about comic books. Doesn't matter. I like Marvel. You like Marvel. I like pretty much the only ones I watch are Iron Man and the Avengers. That's about it. Okay, I I came to the conclusion, and I've never thought about this before. DC Comics, the DC world is more true to the traditional comic book superhero, um, like for people that grew up with it. They also make you feel good at the end. The Mar thought, the Marvel comics don't do that. Didn't Superman DC though? Superman is DC. And then you have a problem with all the Superman movies. That's an exception. Yes, that okay. that that one right there. Yeah, I mean, but, but but I think they're changing that vibe. I think they're 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 going away to a more positive. Uh, and I don't know. I, Black Adam was your typical. I mean, it was very Superman esque. It was very, very good. Um, why would you not want to see it though? There, there's one. I've talked to some people about this, and we all have the same reservation because at first I was, and I'm a big Dwayne the Rock Johnson fan. Everybody knows that, right? And I'll go and support whatever he does, his movies, and all that stuff. Um, but there was a reservation for this movie that I was not. That made that deterred me from wanting to see it, and I've talked to a couple people, and they had the exact same reservation. So, what would be yours, Brandon? Uh, I don't know if there's anything I have exactly against the movie, but like Nate was saying, I'm not a huge comic book guy. I don't really follow them. I don't even really know what this movie's about. I mean, I'll watch it if it comes on HBO Max or Netflix, but I don't know if I'm gonna go out of my way to the theater and get a ticket and do the whole shebang. Okay, so your reason is, is that you don't know enough about the backstory of Black Adam. Yeah, I'd okay, say so. Fair enough. All right, that's not what I'm looking for, but that's fair enough. Nate, yeah, I'm probably about the same in the same boat. I just I, I'm not going to go see like Fifty Shades of Grey three because I don't know what's going on <laughs> in the other two. <laughs> so you haven't seen the first Hundred Shades? No, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm short on the shades. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm just in general. I usually don't go to movies. I don't know if there's like some kind of series or trilogy or whatever it is. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and I knew nothing about Black Adam either, and I didn't even research it beforehand. But my big reservation, and a few people I've talked to said the exact same thing, which I thought was unique, is it didn't make sense. You know, The Rock, don't get me wrong, at, what is he, 50 years old, looks better than any other 50-year-old out there, especially for this movie. He trained really hard for this movie. But his face still looks older. Like, superheroes aren't supposed to look old. Right? They're supposed to be young. That's what happens. 
when you get older, you transition and they give it, they, they reboot the series to somebody that's younger. Yeah. Right. That's Burt Ward's still not playing Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's why the superhero movies roll over is because they need a fresh, younger face most of the time, if not every time, depending on the superhero. So that was my biggest reservation. I was ageism, right? I was sitting there going, go see this is dumb just because he's the rock he plays a superhero this is some old ass fucking superhero that's dumb that's just stupid they explain it so well it made me feel bad that i even had that thought in my head i'm not the only person that thought that so they explain why the rock is old in this movie (laughs) and it's brilliantly done brilliant i thought the writing of the movie the telling of the story was absolutely brilliant the players involved the cast that they had were great and the guy that brings it all together the glue to it all is pierce brosden and without him this movie would be a shell of itself he is the glue to this movie. Wow. And he's the glue to this franchise moving forward. I'm not saying if he's alive or not. <laughs> but I'm just saying that because of what he did in this movie, you know, made it for what it will be. Now, the other thing, so beforehand, um, so Black Adam is, the the origins of it, the basis of, is, uh, without giving too much away, because you might not have seen it yet, is uh, so gazillion, gazillion years ago, and it's like kind of Egyptian-y times type of thing. These are all kind of made-up cities and whatnot, but it's like Egyptian-y times and slave work, and they're looking for this certain type of mineral or rock or something like that, and it's it's got a, a power, and the, the king is trying to get it so he can have the power, and then this young boy finds it and ends up getting the power. Well, that's kind of how they- like the mummy. Yes, very much. Yeah, very much like the mummy. Yeah, very much like the mummy. And so, uh, and then, you know, Black Adam has been underground for a gazillion years, but they need, um, they, they need, uh, they need a superhero because their city is being run by, you know, these bad guys. And so that's the whole thing. So, but, so before the movie starts, there's a preview, um, for, uh, Shazam. Which I've never liked Shazam. I thought that was just like stupid. I mean, it's so, I mean, too bubblegum for me. And it's like this big, goofy, puffed up, you know, muscle bound guy. And, you know, they're all kids and they go, Shazam. And they get, Shazam's such a dumb word. It's just a st- stupid word. What? Are you talking about the app or is it a movie? No, not the app, the movie. The, the oh, superhero okay. Shazam. Follow along with the story. Well, I, I know they always, like, in the movies, they'll always, for some reason, they'll have Shazam pop up. They'll be like, listening to a song, and they'll be like, Shazam it. No, the, so the superhero Shazam. Oh, okay. I, All right, I got that. you now. Huh? What, like the Shaq movie? Shazam. It's, you know, the kid goes, Shazam. It's a lightning bolt. Oh, I've never heard of that. Okay, so Shazam has something to do with Black Adam. Oh, the Shaq movie was Kazam, sorry. Yes, you're getting your Zams wrong. <laughs> so Shazam... Because if you say Shazam, if he says Shazam, he goes back to being immortal. And then, but what's the superpower other than that? Black Adams? Yeah. Uh, he he's he does everything. He's more powerful than Superman. But like, so like he just like he, flies. he can fly. He can shoot oh, shit out of okay. his eyes. He can shoot shit out of his hands. Nothing can kill him. 
Um, he's a beast. Hmm. Yeah. What? And that's why you got to wait till the end of the credits because somebody pops up. Ooh. Somebody's letting you know. Yeah. Somebody's there. Somebody's back, baby. And they have to keep now. Now, black white Adam. (laughs) They don't say black Adam at all throughout the movie. His real name's Teth. And for the first 30 minutes of the movie, I thought they were saying death Adam or death Adam. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You said that to August the other day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like death August. It's death Adam. His name's Teth. But they had subtitles. They don't they don't even say black Adam at all in the movie until at the very end. They're like, you need a new name. What do we call you? And then it goes to black, and then the screen pops up, black Adam. I'm like, why? Why is it, why, why you got to be black? <laughs> yeah, why is that? Is it just his outfit is black? Or? His out, well, he's black. Outfit's black. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not really black. Well, he identifies isn't he, as black. Isn't he like Samoan or something? He's Samoan and black. His father was black. Oh, is it? Okay. His mother is uh, Samoan. Well, he's supposed to be uh, Egyptian in this movie, so... Yeah, but see, he, that's why brown Adam. He, he can point. He, yeah, he can. He, he's good like that, you know, because he can do it all. And then the Shazam thing. So I don't know how they tie in together, but it was good. I thought it was really good. I did. I really did. Nice. I thought it was did good. They, did they do that thing? I know like when uh, Stan Lee was still alive, he had like a cameo in a lot of the Marvel movies. Does the DC guy do that? The Marlboro movies? <laughs> the Marvel movies. <laughs> no, I say Marlboro, I'm at Marvel. <laughs> Cigarette man, <laughs> super super reds, <laughs> smoking at him. <laughs> you talking about Easter eggs? Yeah, well, you know, like Stan Lee, like before he, he died, he'd be in the oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I don't know who the DC guy would be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who he is. I don't know if you knew who he was. And he's like, oh, there he is. No, uh, I don't know who the DC guy is. Um, they did have Easter eggs, kind of at the like the the. There's a young boy that's involved in this, and there's a fight scene in the house and in and in his bedroom. He's got posters of all the DC characters, and they're all being destroyed by Black Adam when he's punching and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, so uh, yeah, so yeah, there's there's some Easter eggs. Okay, all right. Anyway, so go go watch it. All right, go watch it. That's good. All right, that's what, good. Is it? When's it come out? Uh, when's it come out? HBO. No, it's in theaters. You got to go to the theater. Ah, oh, damn. Okay. Let's, you should support the theaters. <laughs> they don't support me. They maybe spend $30 on a box of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your own. Oh, smuggle it in? Yeah, smuggle. yeah. Support the theaters. Smuggle in your own food. <laughs> <laughs> don't buy, buy anything from them. <laughs> I guess they, they don't make money off their tickets. They make money off their concession stands. That's yeah. why everything's so jacked yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, the the theater, we go to the AMC up at North Point, and they started carrying some good stuff. Like they're they're really they're they're, they're they got their act together. Like they're little artisan flatbreads and their salads Ooh, and damn. uh they've got cheese popcorn, caramel popcorn, which by the way has a fuck ton of calories in it. And they have trail mix, which I'm a, like I don't need to bring trail mix anymore. I have no problem buying trail mix from them. But that's what I eat during my movies. And if you don't have it, then you know, I I, I need something to occupy my mouth. And I, I just. Th- they what? just closed down our AMC and turned it into a DMV. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, I know. That's so sad. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know it's it's surprising it's it's surprising that um, you know we went and saw it last Friday night. The movie had only been out I think for two weeks. There's only like two showings. Really? Like what? Late like night ones or did they no, have like matinee? five like or maybe three like five seven and nine thirty, but like big movies like this usually they have like every hour and half their theater is filled with them. Yeah. 
multiple yeah. theaters. So, um, yeah. Anyway. All right. You guys ready for Better With Fuck? And because, let's see here. Yeah. All right. Because we're talking superhero stuff. All right. I thought I'd do a Better With Fuck uh, with Superman. The original, by the way. <laughs> nice. 1978. Whatever we do, it's better with fuck! What? Everything's better with the fuck! All right, everything's better with fuck. Are you ready to give a fuck about your health? Then check out Chef Erica at ericanicoleday.com. Experienced culinary medicine consultant and private chef with medical and high-end restaurant background available for consulting on meal planning for weight loss, helping with medical conditions or strict macros for bodybuilding, fitness training, etc. EricaNicoleDay.com. Chef Erica. She is a fantastic, fantastic human being. All right. Have we all seen the uh, um, the uh, original Superman, 1978? No. The movie? A show? The movie. Uh, I don't think so. No, Christopher Reeve. Oh, God, that was nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah, nineteen seventy-eight, the original. Marlon Brando. Yeah, Marlon Brando. Gene Hackman. Marlon pieces. Marlon Brando was his father. Ooh, and then the second one is the one with Zod. You know, so the first one is Lex Luthor, right? Played by Gene Hackman, Mm -hmm. and uh, his sidekick, which is what's his name? I think he just passed. Been in a million movies. And then the second one was the fight against Zod, right? And Zod's cronies, which was really awesome. And the third one, which I think is really underappreciated, had Richard Pryor in it. Uh, That was actually pretty damn good, to be honest with you. But that's the original Superman movie, not television show. Now, the television show was Christopher Reeves, right? With an S. Christopher Reeve was Superman movie. Or no, George Reeves. Yeah, Wait. I think it's George Reeves was the black and white television Superman. Right. Yep. And Christopher Reeve was the movie. Was the movie Superman. And now we got Henry Cavill. It's his name, correct? Henry Cavill. Yeah. Okay. So these are from the 1978 Superman. Better with fuck in honor of. All right. Uh, scale of one to 10, 10 being the best. Of course, the winner gets played a second time. Here we go. Uh, you really should fuck, you know, Miss Lane. Don't tell me. Fuck cancer, right? Well, not yet, thank goodness. Fuck cancer. Come on, dude. That's pretty good. That's strong. Fuck cancer, please. Yeah, uh, I got to start off high. I got to start off with uh, an eight on this one. I mean, everybody hates cancer. But especially fuck cancer. Yeah, well, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, br- uh, Brandon. That's what I was thinking. I'm going to hold out for uh, fucking something else, but uh, I'm going to go with an eight. Oof, that's a strong start, huh? Yeah. All right, here's the second one. Uh, well, um, uh, I assume then that the the rest of your bodily functions are normal. Sorry, I beg your pardon? Well, putting it delicately. Mm-hmm. Do you... Uh, yes. Uh, yes, I do. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> All right, Nate. Uh, I still like the fuck cancer one a little bit better. Uh, this one was pretty good. I'm curious to what she was actually talking about, um, but I will give this one a seven. Yeah, eat. 
oh, well, she's a bodily fuck. I think she's like worried about him like come blasting her through the wall or something <laughs> if he has sex with her. <laughs> she's like your bodily functions are, you know. What'd you What'd you give it? Uh, seven. Seven. All right, Brandon. I like that one. I'm going to give it an eight. <laughs> okay. Got an eight on that guy. All right. Here's the last one. I mean, uh, why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm here to fuck for truth and justice in the American way. <laughs> You're going to end up fucking every elected official in this country. I'm sure you don't really mean that, Lois. I don't believe this. Lois? Hmm? I never lie. Lois? I never lie. Those are strong fucking elected elect, elected officials. The line though, yeah. all right, Nate. Ah oh, man, this is another great one. I, I love the the elected officials. They all need to be fucked. Um, so I'm gonna give this one an eight as well. An eight. All right, Brandon. <laughs> this is my favorite one. I'm gonna give it a nine. Nine. Whoa. <laughs> we have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. I mean, uh, why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes, I'm here to fuck for truth and justice in the American way. <laughs> You're going to end up fucking every elected official in this country. I'm sure you don't really mean that, Lois. I don't believe this. Lois? Hmm? I never lie. Yeah, I never lie. Superman never lies. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. He's the man. Uh, oh, also, I want to thank, uh, a lot's been happening the last couple of weeks. Uh, I did uh, an interview with my buddy Jeff Kaufman, with Kaufman and Lind, which is a law firm in Orlando. And he now is a podcaster and a radio host. Uh, and we go way back. He credits me with teaching him everything he knows about radio, which is very sweet. It's very humbling. But uh, this goes back to 2009. And they had a third partner, this guy, Matt Inglet. And I was going through a divorce. It was the recession. I was losing. I lost my business. I sold my business and got killed on it. And uh, my house, I had to short sale it. And it was just a mess. And so I remember going on the air and I was doing nights on this talk station at Real Radio in Orlando. And I was talking about it and I said, I need help. What do I do? And then the next day, I think it was a Saturday. And I just happened to be, lo- I was looking at my emails. I, I remember I was in that Outlook, the web based outlook program and it was just very difficult to navigate. And his was like in the middle of about 10 to 20 different people that wanted to help me. And for some reason I clicked on his and I emailed him and he emailed me right back. And then we met up the the next week and we became friends. And then he became a uh, sponsor on the radio show. And then he started to do a segment. And so I helped media train Matt and he became very good, and, and 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 the audience really liked Matt. Did we have a nickname for him? Did we call him like Maddie Matt? Maddie Matt, yeah, yeah. Maddie Matt, Maddie Matt England. And then uh, Matt became a bigger deal, and he started doing different television shows and this and this and that. I think he built his own studio. Even he, yeah, he built his own studio because Bull was helping produce his right. stuff, and so he couldn't make his radio spot all the time. He'd, he'd grown out of me, right? And so we start sending one of his partners, and that's Jeff Kaufman. Kaufman is the total opposite. He's a total nerd. And uh, he's a little Jewish nerd guy. Not little, but he's, you know, he's, he's just, he's quirky. Nice and sweet, don't get me wrong, but he's just the total opposite of what we're used to with Matt. And we used to beat him up, because that's what kind of show we had. 
Because not unlike the show that I had here in Atlanta where I had to deal with somebody's sensitive feelings on a daily basis and trying to figure out their bipolar emotions of they were going to be cool one day or not, you know, that show I didn't have to worry about it because everybody knew it was all business. It wasn't personal. Yeah. You know, with the exception of Bully at times could get a little sensitive. But, you know, Kaufman, we just would rip them to shreds. And I, he, he started to get upset about it. And I told him, I said, dude, if I didn't do this, I, didn't, I don't like you. I was like, I'm doing this because I, there, there's a method why I beat people up on the radio and I bully them on my show is because I want the audience to feel bad for them. I will play the heel. You'll be the hero. I'll, I'll come back and I'll redeem myself at some point in time. But now people know who you are. And that's my job is to put you over. That's why I do it with everybody. Yeah. That's why I've always done it. The only problem is you get some people that are too sensitive. They don't understand what you're doing, even after explaining to them what you're doing, and they can't hack it. Pussies. Pussies. Absolutely. Big, fat, hairy, juicy, wop pussies. (laughs) Wop. Wop. So, so Kaufman, you know, I guess took everything I said to him, and he parlayed it into... You know, it's no, they're no longer um, partners with Matt anymore, so it's just him and Craig Lynn. And they do very, very well, and he owns his own comic book company, and he, uh, he he's just such a great guy. He's got a fantastic son, and um, he's a great dad, and uh, and I was honored. You know, he reached out to me and said, hey, would you come on the podcast? And he does it with one of the guys that's on the Monsters. I think his name's Ryan. Okay. Very talented guy. Very, very talented guy. And their producer was top-notch. She's got this whole big thing. She's got a green screen in the studio and cool. microphones and sound. And he's got people running boards. And he's got the whole shebang going. So, anyway, I did that. And so, uh, I shared that on uh, our social media if you want to go and listen to it, if you care about that kind of stuff. But, you know, give Jeff Kaufman a listen. You know, we'd like to support everybody as they support us. And, and give Kaufman a listen. He was like, he was teeing it up as... This is the first time Jason Bailey's back on Orlando radio. The first time he's back on real radio because his podcast gets played on real radio. Oh, right. Okay. On the weekends, I guess. So it was the first time I've been back on that radio station, which was kind of neat. And it was, I got some really cool feedback from people. I was like, dude, are you you back? You coming back to Orlando? (laughs) Back in town. I was like, no, I'm not coming back to Orlando. I, I would come back to Orlando, but I'm not. Right now, I'm not, but I was honored to be on uh, his show. There's no Very doubt nice. about that. So, all right, podcastthebs.com. That is our website. Please like and share all of our social media, uh, all of our content. There's only one way that we're going to grow an audience and keep growing is that if you share with your people in your network, even if it's one person. And if you're not already a premium two percenter, if you'd like to be a premium two percenter and sub- subscribe to the commercial free episodes, you get them early, you get extra episodes, you get exclusive giveaways. You know, for those that got to hook up for podcast and pours two VIP tickets or general admission tickets, it was because you were a two percenter. And uh, and we appreciate that. And we'll have more stuff like that down the road. So you can do all that on podcast the BS dot com podcast the bs.com all right nate uh go fuck no, no. go fuck <laughs> I was gonna say go fuck yourself fuck cancer and happy friday fuckers go fuck cancer <laughs> go fuck yourself and go fuck cancer all right brandon uh uh hit me up if you want to play some new call of duty uh, how, how is it is it good oh it's really good it's really yeah. fun what what kind of warfare is it uh it's like uh there's modern warfare 
Oh, okay. So you got What's the machine, name of the game. Machine and like Iraq, Afghanistan, stuff like that. But I thought it doesn't like I haven't played in a while. But like, don't they release when they re- sometimes they're new ones? But they're like back in the Revolutionary War, or Civil War, or something like that. Yeah, no, this is more kind of modern day. This is Modern Warfare 2, but they made Modern Warfare 2 back in 2009. This is kind of like a remake. It feels like Black Ops 2 and Modern Warfare 2 kind of merged together. But it's a really good game. Everyone seems to be liking it. A whole lot better than the last three. Can you play by yourself? Yeah. I mean, it's online. It's multiplayer. Oh, see, you just, nobody just plays by themselves anymore, do they? Yeah, I do. Oh, do you? you play like I mean, you got a regular game. campaign, and they got you know multiplayer with other random people online. Oh, gotcha. You're not really by yourself. People yeah. yell at you and cuss at you, call you the N-word. That's why I stopped oh, doing yeah. it. The little kid's calling me the N-word all the time. I'm like, <laughs> so rude. And you can't fight back. Can you call it modern warfare when it's not modern? Isn't it, you said it takes place in 2009? No, that's when the old one did. This is oh, kind of like okay. same. It's like the same thing that was happening in 2009, but now it's 2022. All right. Well, best of luck. I hope you get high score. Yeah, I've been doing good. All right. uh, have yourself a great, safe weekend. Again, thank you so much for the support on Podcast Imports 2 Halliversary. It's in the books, and we'll check that off as a successful event. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody that came out and supported the event. And more good times to come here sooner than later, I promise you that. Uh, this weekend, I understand you're going to be doing some drinking. understand, I get it. Uh, if you've had too much, please do not get behind the wheel of a car. I've lost way too many friends like that. We just had an incident uh, here this past uh, week where uh, a girl from the um, area high school was in the car with a guy that was 21. She's like 16. She's a cheerleader. And that morning they had comp, you know, a competition. And my daughter's there with her squad. And this girl's there with her squad. And they go through it that night. They go out. He's drinking. She's dead. Jeez. She's dead. 16 Sad. years old. He survived, of course, but she's yeah. she's dead. So please, don't get in the car with somebody that's had too much. And if you've had too much, there's no reason with this day and age of Ubers and Lyfts. Sleeping in lobbies. Sleeping in lobbies. Yeah. There's just no reason for you to do stupid stuff like that. All right. Thanks again for the support. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastbs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.